Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Grapsody, what will fill in red. Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads. It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void. Three black fans, different perspective. Got to fill your voice. Coming with the podcast. Talking majors, indies in between. Yeah, it's all that. And we're down with Fightful, better fallback. Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat. No need to double check, these are all facts. You're listening to us talk raps. You're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're Grapsody here to talk craps. Yeah, we're Grapsody here to talk craps. Welcome to another edition of Grapsody. It is Saturday. It is de- February. Why did I want to say December? Like December. It's Feb- That's crazy. I uh, know. It is February 18th, 2023. I'm Will Washington. And I'm not alone here. There's also Philip Lindsay right here uh, in the building. We got a lot of great wrestling this weekend. Uh, basketball. Not as excited about All-Star Weekend, but uh, we got a lot going on. What are you not excited about All-Star Weekend? Uh, why not? I mean, because the dunk contest is whack now. Like, the dunk yeah. contest is not what <laughs> it's it used to be. It's not like when we were um, young. It was, it was lit. Yeah, it's whack. And, and I'm, not, I'm not really excited about anything around All-Star Saturday. Uh, Sunday looks like it's going to be the LeBron parade. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not all excited about this. Uh, yeah, well, Righteous Reg is also here. It's me, Media Man, your boy in the building, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. Have to start this podcast off by saying rest in peace to Dave Trugoy the Dove from De La Soul. Still not am okay about it. It's just been fucking me up all week. 
There would be no righteous reg without De La Soul. The people that inspired me were inspired by De La Soul, and I was also inspired by De La Soul. Um, the family tree of De La Soul is that's all the hip hop that I love. If there wasn't a De La Soul, then I what would I listen to? I'd be into probably gangster rap because I live in California. So um, I still love gangster rap too. No, I would never just gangster rap. Shout out to gangster rap. Um, but yeah, what De La Soul did for hip hop is it can't be ever be replicated. Like from here, um, the Native Tongues movement, uh, stuff they did with Tribe Called Quest, everything that Stakes is High, listen to Stakes is High about five times the song on repeat this morning, back to back. Everything about De La Soul just, uh, it's the reason that I'm here, honestly. So um, rest in peace to the God. It's uh, it's crazy. Every week we have to do this shit. It sucks. Yeah, um, I didn't know he was sick, and it did make sense um, because he did not uh, appear on the uh, Grammys. The Grammy thing, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I that was kind of strange, and I thought nothing of it. But um, that's very sad news. Um, of course, I saw it on the way to a Super Bowl party. Uh, yeah, when I got there, I was telling the people, I was like, "You see this?" And they were like, "No." And so I got to be walking in with very bad news. And I was just like, yeah, this is uh, really sad. Uh, uh, rest in peace to True Glade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, by the way, sad. now that I mentioned Super Bowl, well, congratulations to Patrick Mahomes, two-time Super Bowl winner, two-time MVP. Young Brody uh, was going crazy, though, honestly. Uh, I, you don't get to see <laughs> a lot of uh, black quarterbacks come in and have that kind of success right away. So I think that's to be celebrated in a month where we're talking about, you know, achievements of black people. Uh, I, I liked it until I saw his clip on uh, Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, where he was like the chain smokers and uh, DJ Khaled was there. And that's the only he said the only genres of music you need or something. And I was like, get this guy out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, the only thing I'll say about the Super Bowl, because it regardless was it was a great game with a highly disappointing ending. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Um, I, I know that. Uh, I mean, but, you're not one of those that's complaining about that holding call, are you? I am. It was holding. It was not interference in the route. I think Fam, that was, one it was of, holding. Look, no, bro. I, I, but I <laughs> it was seen, holding. No. I, okay. First off, I have seen. Fog. Yeah, he grabbed the jersey. Absolutely, exactly. Like, so it's but, holding. But, no, but we have seen <laughs> we have seen way worse jersey grabs not get called. And with the Super Bowl on the line, I would have rather the game be decided by football and not by a penalty. And that was what got me. Um, that with a game that was played so highly competitively up until that point, for it to be decided by a penalty, that sucks. That's a shitty ending. It's a uh, the, the as, guy as, that that. That the call was on, even said it was I know like, he said it was holding. holding bro. But, but <laughs> I know, well, of course, because he doesn't want to eat the loss. It. But like at the end of the day, like again, it still wasn't decided by football, and that sucks. Like they were gonna lose that game anyway. I hate to break it to you, but they were gonna lose anyway. Sure. And I would have loved for that to have been how it went down. Them but... script writers, uh, they have a difficult job because it's hard to do finishes. <laughs> As pro wrestling knows, like you can do a whole like the whole match could be lit, but then you get to the finish, you're like, how should we finish this? Like I don't know. Well, let's do a holding call. Boom. There you go. I mean, and, and I mean, even if you want to go go with that, I'm not a big football guy anymore. But um, the call that got called back 
that that used to be fumbling, but they changed the role. That's not a fumble anymore. But that, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Uh, like I said, just <laughs> in relation to Patrick Mahomes. Again, in yeah. the last two, like that was just a crummy two minutes. Like basically, yeah. it's like, all right, now we're just gonna run the clock down. Like it was just a shitty two minutes. Like at the end of the day, that's not how you want to see the Super Bowl decided when it's that close and it's tied. You want to see football decided. You want to see the game decided, not necessarily the referees that's it that's how i feel about it because i and uh, it's not even like a a thing with the call itself because at the end of the day like it it was it was holding but again we've seen holding calls not get called that are far worse than that one these referees Um, are just trying to get themselves over it was what it (laughs) and all the sports why is all the everything just about referee calls these days it feels like i don't know i feel like if it's holding call it holding if 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 he would have gotten away with that, then the other side would have complained that they didn't call it. Right. It was can't always going to be you, you. You're not going to win with those situations. Truth is, you can't win. I I I don't know. It didn't bother me as much as it seemed to bother p- other people. And it could be that I had no dog in this race. I am not a fan of either team. Um, I don't know. Like I said, if it's holding, it's holding. <laughs> Man, shout out to the Philly homies because they didn't take a number of L's very recently. So anybody in <laughs> Philadelphia. Keep your head up. Yeah, hey, they shout had out, uh, shout out to Rihanna. We're not we're not paying attention to Bill Goldberg. What does Bill oh, no, Goldberg know about music? Why, uh, did, <laughs> yeah, why are we asking Goldberg about this? Yeah, I know, right? Like, um, I mean, I'll say this: uh, that <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear Goldberg's opinion on any of no. this. But I will say, in the room I was sitting in, everybody was kind of remarking on the performance. Like, this is only like okay. And, like, granted, the big reveal, of course, that Rihanna's pregnant again. And uh, and it was cool, her being up on that platform, all of that. It was like, this was one of the lesser exciting performances of the last few years. <laughs> Watch those words, brother. <laughs> I don't know. I love Rihanna. Are you kidding me? Like, I was looking forward to this all day. Like, Veda came in the room. Veda was like, hey, I'm, I don't care about nothing else. As far as the Super Bowl is concerned, I don't care about this game. I don't care about the commercials, but I care about seeing Rihanna's performance. Uh, and by the end of it, it was like, it was fine. Um, like, you know, it didn't like set the room on, or set the world on fire. You know, it's like when Beyonce was done, you walked away from that like, damn, that was a performance. That was a Super Bowl. Like, that was a killer show, right? Like, even when Coldplay brought up Beyonce and uh, and Bruno Mars and they had that little square off and there's, like, a moment, right? And, like, last year with, uh, with Dr. Dre and bringing up everybody and, like, it was cool shit, right? And, like, I don't know. I wasn't expecting Rihanna to have any guests or anything. This is... Like it wasn't like a a Royal Rumble thing where I walk away from it going, "Dang, where were the uh, the surprise cameos?" Right? Even though everybody was thinking it, I get you kept seeing the speculation on Twitter, like, "Oh, as soon as all the lights hit, they're like, she's gonna bring out." Kanye. No, that's wild. <laughs> nah, that was, no, like, no, she is absolutely that was not. That was not happening. Hope, I, I thought we might Hove at least. I yeah, I thought I, th- I thought we might see Hove or Drake, but I did not think we're getting Kanye. I didn't, <laughs> no, I didn't think so either. Oh, well. <laughs> that would have well. been. That would have been a headline maker, but not the one that anybody not wants. Not in a good way. I don't. No. I don't think she wanted to come out in this good moment of letting everybody know, "Hey, I'm expecting another kid," and going, "Hey, by the way, I'm still fucking with Kanye." Not. <laughs> but apparently, she did because she paid tribute to him or something. I saw online like some part of that was was Kanye inspired or some shit. So uh, I mean, she did all of the lights, and like that is a Kanye song at the end of the day. Um, um, and I mean, look, I get that part of it. History. I, I don't think she was, and I mean, you can't deny that she's had a 
she's had a big part in well he had a big part in her career um so i get that i get wanting yeah, to so. celebrate that on a big stage but also not wanting him on stage with you yes, <laughs> like, yes. <that's> good. <laughs> like i'm gonna do this super bowl is not a good look i'm gonna do this hook and then we are moving on to the next song mm-hmm. uh and then when she did run this town i had the same thought though of like are we gonna see Jay Z? We're we, gonna uh, yeah, I said it. We uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then like by the end of it, I thought, okay, you know, it was just a Rihanna performance. It was cool. It was fine, but like again, yeah, we've had bigger Super Bowl. It comes down to uh, a pregnant billionaire yes. who doesn't need this and was forced into this. People have been telling. She said for ten years they asked her to do this. Finally, she was like, like all things, like all right, you guys, I'll do this. Damn, leave me alone. I'm tired of this. I don't want to do music. I'm a mom. I'm with ASAP. Right, I'm not getting paid for this. No, no, no. She's not getting paid by the NFL. That's not to no, say no, she, she ain't get paid. Because yeah, people she keep got saying paid. that, but they, I read the contract or whatever, and she got paid. Well, I'm not getting paid by NFL by for this, and that's why I'm like, yeah. yo. Yeah, it's a, like it's a, it's a cool thing. I was bring just out like, Garth Brooks next year. I know what you want. Those are the people that were mad. Where's Garth Brooks at? Where's his guitar? Come on, bro. Like I do think there has become this. This expectation for the Super Bowl halftime show to be like a spectacle, and I think mm-hmm. that that was just kind of the piece that was missing. Like I it mean, was a two spe- Negro artists back to back years. They need to, uh, you know, go with their with the other side next year. Maybe maybe that Hardy guy. <laughs> maybe the Hardy. Hardy guy from WrestleMania. He got. Oh he got, god. <laughs> Um, no, I thought it was fine. Um, I Georgia, def- Florida line or some shit. I, don't I, know. I am definitely not slandering black women in Black History Month. Um, so I, I had now no she problem. Looks great. She's no, beautiful. I had no problem with this performance, pregnancy. black women. She's beautiful. <laughs> She's amazing. No problems with the performance. Again, it was like, it was good. What's was her fine. gang called that'll come after us? There's the Beehive. The Navy. The Navy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I don't, don't want the I don't Navy, the Navy in our, in our uh, mentions. Uh, no, but shout out to Rihanna. I, I thought she looked great. I thought, uh, I thought the 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 presentation of the form performance looked really good. The platforms mm-hmm. and everything, like mm-hmm. I thought it looked cool. But oh, I would have been scared out of my damn mind on that platform. No, Are you for kidding reals. Me? Yeah, like but... you up there with Stang. I, can, I ain't got time for this, man. Drop me <laughs> yeah. down. Lower I, me down. I, I thought it was cool, but it 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 did feel weird uh, when she got in the pour it up, and that's when I knew for sure she was uh she was pregnant. I was like, "Dang, we not throwing ass when pour it up comes out." I'm like, "Oh man." <laughs> Guess this is where we're at. And There's so really I was a like, baby inside there. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, shout out to Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. No, it was good. Hey, though, uh, I want to remind everybody that with this being Grapsity, you can send us a message any number of ways. Uh, let me pull up Humper Chats at humperchats.com. That is the way to send us a Humper Chat. That's the wrong website. I don't know what I just pulled up, but that is not Humper Chats. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, you type in hump and it autofills for you. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's see. We've got uh, plenty of humper chats. Holy moly. Uh, I, I hadn't pulled these up yet. So uh, let, let's start with. Okay. <laughs> I'm currently laughing <laughs> that somebody doesn't understand the vernacular throwing ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, kids, yeah. Uh, look, I look it up. It. Somebody, somebody, somewhere will explain what throwing ass means. Just think yes. for like five <laughs> seconds; you'll figure it out. I think. I feel like it's fairly like self-explanatory, isn't right? It? It's there. It's all there. <laughs> <laughs> like context clues. I don't know. Throwing anyway, ass. yeah. Uncle Rucky 
since uh that's a wild name to name yourself after but um let's see <laughs> uncle rucky says uh four graps uh my fantasy booking to get aew hot tony hire cm punk as a storyline senior vice president what? and the elite have to negotiate their contracts with him ultimately leads to punk versus omega with omega's career on the line with speculation of him going to wwe a lot um, just happened there a don't lot want just <laughs> do not want there. don't want absolutely not um actually do you I, like it uh no i was gonna say <laughs> do do i talk about the thing that i talked about today Yes, yes. I had a conversation recently with uh, somebody in AEW, actually, um, talking about, uh, because, you know, everybody was kind of in a panic mode after the Dynamite this week, after the rating this week. Rampage mm -hmm. hasn't been looking good. Mm -hmm. um, and so, basically, I was kind of posed with a question of, if you wanted to see something different, like you've been following our company since day one, um, if you wanted to see something different, what would it be? Um, and I said, I cited my favorite run of AEW shows and what made them good. Uh, and from memory, I'm going to go over nine weeks of AEW television real quick. <laughs> <laughs> from memory, right? We'll start with January 1st, 2020. John Moxley faced Trent. Trent, right? And after that match was over, Sammy Guevara comes out. He plays the video of Chris Jericho on the Tron, offering him the car, right? So then, uh, and he says, next week, I want an answer. The week after, uh, so week two, John Moxley is offered a spot in the inner circle. He accepts it at first, gets the car, and then pulls one over on the inner circle, drops Sammy Guevara on his head. Week three, Sammy Guevara versus John Moxley. And what the point I'm making here is that Every single week, something mm -hmm. happened, mm -hmm. but it left you wondering what's next. Because again, because we had Sammy Guevara versus John Moxley, which was a great match, by the way, because you can still because people think that there's only a way to like tell stories and have people interested, but you can't do it with great matches. Not true. Uh, because again, I thought Moxley versus Guevara was a great match. Moxley wins, though. After the match is over, Jericho gouges Moxley's eye out. So now all of a sudden it's like, okay, Moxley's got this match with Pac next week. How's he going to survive this? The following week, they, Moxley and Pac again have a great match. Moxley wins. Uh, the week after that, it was uh, the Inner Circle versus Private Party and Darby Allen. I want to say it was. Tell me if I'm wrong there. But uh, I remember that match ended with them taking out Darby Allen's throat. Darby Allen, of course, had an established relationship with John Moxley at that point. So now what you just did was you splintered that off into two different feuds because now you've got the story with John Moxley and Chris Jericho. But on the other side of that, you just created Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. Again, storytelling through great matches. Uh, and now John Moxley has a bit of revenge following week i believe he faced ortiz right john moxley versus ortiz after that match is over moxley is jumped by santana but uh he gets his hands on santana gouges santana's eye out so now uh again a week later the following week it was john moxley versus santana he beats santana eye for an eye but chris jericho reveals he's got a hired gun and he brings in jeff cobb 
next week we have Jeff Cobb versus John Moxley. Great match again. John Moxley barely survives Jeff Cobb after the match is over. The Inner Circle jumps and Darby returns from the thing two weeks prior, and <laughs> suddenly now. Uh, and, and this was a great run of TV. And I just described eight weeks of TV. And then after that, the following week was just the Jericho Moxley weigh-in. But every single week had something. And my mm. point here is that I think all the Dynamites this year, other than really this past week, were great shows. But I think the thing that I feel has been missing from AEW television of late is that uh, I feel like no segment period, not a single one, should end without me feeling like I want to see what's happening next week. Right. And I think that a good example of that was the Elite versus AR Fox top flight of the first time. I gave that my moment of the week last week on after the week because it was the fa my favorite thing I saw. But the thing I was slightly annoyed by was that by the end of it, we had zero clue what was next for the elite. Like mm -hmm. we kind of knew because of rumors and stuff and like speculation, but the show had not guided us in any direction as far as what's next for the elite. It, it just the match happened, and then we moved on. And this week on Rampage, they did it. We on got ex we got yeah. exactly what I was looking for out of that, which is that mm -hmm. I don't want anything to go off without like I still feel like Dynamite needs to be a week to week to week to week show and right. I feel like what I want out of the show is to come away from each episode feeling like okay I got to see the next one because what I because not only did I like what happened this week but I need to know what's happening next week now and I I think there's been a little too much finality in a lot of things cuz like one of the kind of questions we keep hearing is um why does ricky starks want to rematch with chris jericho after uh he beat chris jericho clean and there was i mean one like there was a good match like it's a match i don't mind being run back but also we kind of forget that like chris jericho was a sore loser in the moment and puts ricky starks to the table like immediately after like mm -hmm. that's not something he's just gonna let go um and i think that that was an example of keeping things going we knew what was it we knew that feud wasn't over the moment ricky starks won because did you really want to see that keep going though again i don't know what else ricky starks is going to do he that's the second from the top heel in AEW, kind of um i don't think the feud has executed the way i would have wanted it but i think that that's i do want to see ricky starks working top level matches and i think that yeah. chris jericho is a top level guy I, I i don't think there's anything wrong with finality in some certain things um and I think that was one of those things where I'm not sure what has been added to the to the show every week by continuing to keep it going. You know what I mean? What that's a, do, do you do you feel like continuing this feud has added great developments every week on Dynamite? More so, if it, if it had ended where it ended, I would have felt like we hadn't gotten enough. I definitely would have felt that. Yeah, I but think that, I, but to my point though, do you feel like the developments every but, week? But but that's what I'm saying. Good. I don't think the execution has been great with it. That's fair, but I think that had it simply just been because all we got out of that was a Sammy Guevara or not Sammy Guevara, it was Ricky Starks with one promo against Jericho in a match. I think had it just been that, I would have felt like, no, nah, you shortchanged us on uh, a Ricky Starks program, and I can't feel so like uh, booking this program backwards, honestly. Um, I, I I feel like once you gave him the win. 
there wasn't much room to go up at that point. You you mm-hmm. gave us the you gave so us do you the think gratifying they gave them the moment. win too so too soon then. Yes. Yeah, I feel like you gave us the gratifying moment, and after that, there really was no up from there. It's like yeah, he he's gonna beat him again at the pay per view, but I I just don't feel like anything since he's beat him has been really that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hard part for me is that I think if you take away some of the the kind of whack promos. Like match wise, I think it has been. I did like the the tag match Jer- uh, Jericho and um, Sammy versus Action Andretti and Ricky Starks. I like that a lot, uh, and I even like the finish with the bat. Uh, the the stuff I haven't liked have been kind of more of the story beats. Um, right. But match wise, I think everything's been good. I even liked the Daniel Garcia match yesterday on Rampage. Um, but yeah. like that's that's how I felt. Like I, I just feel like as far as the show is concerned and the booking of the show. What I want, and I think uh, the thing that would help the show, and same with Rampage. I think that, uh, you know, the question, the original question that was posed to me was Rampage. Um, And I felt like Rampage, more than anything else, has a... Rampage doesn't have a strong enough cash for things to exist solely on Rampage. Mm -hmm. I think everything on Rampage has to be the fallout of things from Dynamite. I think Dynamite is the flagship, and uh, I'll give two cases and points for where I think it's worked in the past and where I think it's not working now. Um, CM Punk feuding with Team Taz. It was a brief feud, but the way all of that stuff played out on Dynamite and the call-out of Team Taz happened on Dynamite, but the actual match, CM Punk versus... Uh, powerhouse Hobbs was on Rampage. I think that's a way to siphon interest off of Dynamite onto Rampage. I think, because uh, even like a week later, we saw um, there was that promo with the Elite in the ring and Brian Danielson interrupts them, winning a rematch with uh, Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega tells him no. And he's like, well, I'll face any one of you. And then it ends up, there's a big brawl and it ends up uh, Brian Danielson and Nick Jackson. And then later on, they're like, Tony Khan has just announced for this Friday on Rampage, Nick Jackson versus Brian Danielson. And what did that do? That did that had a twofold effect. One, you gave people in the arena a reason to stick around because they saw this promo they were into. They saw this promo they were excited with. And now they've been told, oh, you're going to see the payoff for this tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're excited. They want to stick around for that. And then on top of that, you then hooked viewers from dynamite with a full-on segment and told them now the segment that you were interested in that you just watched you're now going to see the payoff for this on rampage i think that's how rampage has to function and rampage does a little bit of that but it's usually now in just like 30 second backstage segments of like oh here's the elite real quick with some basketballs um oh they just got confronted by ar fox and top flight now we're doing a match on rampage and it's like you need a little more than that. It needs to be like a fleshed out segment that got people hooked over to Rampage. And I think that's like those two to me are some pretty easy solutions that mm. don't have to like fundamentally change the program because I think what's on the show, I'm excited every week that's when good. I see great matches, but like that's that to me, I'm not in like this postmortem mode where I'm like, okay, the show needs a whole revamp. I just think you got to hook people week to week. And I think that if you cut people off even one week, then I think you don't give them a reason to want to see what's next. Like, cause we saw it here because we had the, the, the MJF and Brian Danielson story was a story that was being told weekly 
strung out through the whole thing. But some people made some good points this week, I thought. Um, the show sometimes can be legit catered to Righteous Reg's needs. <laughs> Great matches. And I'm satisfied. And I don't, and I, I have to think that there's wrestling fans beyond me. Like some fans don't just want, like, if you just give me six fire matches, I'm satisfied. I'm good. I'll see you next week. But there's people that need like more. They need stories. And that's where I do agree with Will Washington that there needs to be fucking this. These stories need to be told every week. There needs to be cliffhangers. That was back in the Attitude Era in 1998 when a Raw ended. You were like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to see mm -hmm. Raw next week. Like, I'm clamoring. Like, what's Stone Cold going to do? What's The Raw going to do? Like, you couldn't wait. There's not like I don't think in any pro wrestling there's really that. But I, I like Roman has got to that a little bit, but it's really hard to get to the cliffhangers like I'm coming back next week and I can't wait. But and to me, I think that uh, the. But again, like we said, you can do that with matches. You can yeah. do that in a way because uh, another like week to week. And again, it's from that same set of shows that I'm talking about. But another week to week thing I was really interested in was Kenny and Hangman as tag team champions that mm -hmm. I mean, on the surface, what were those two really out there doing? Just having bangers as tag team champions. They were out there with SCU. They were having matches with Private Party. They were having matches with um, uh, the Lucha Bros. They were just having great tag matches. But mm. after each one, finding out who their next contender was was exciting enough. That's all yeah. I needed to see. You, it was just like, okay, Kenny and Hangman had a great title defense. Oh, shit, the Lucha Bros are on their tail now. This is great. Oh, wait, now the Young Bucks are on their tail now. This is great. That's mm -hmm. all I needed. Like, honestly, just keep me invested in what's next. And I think that... Uh, another um, good point I saw that kind of weaves together. Um, do you think that they announce too much for the shows? Because Tony Khan will be like, here's every single thing that's going to happen on this show. And I think in conjunction with that, they need to consistently have open challenges that are really open challenges as in we don't know who the person is until they come out i think no um i you think he's here to announce the whole like i think i think thing. he's better off announcing everything and, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say why um i'm kind of stealing a point from brian alvarez this week where he talked about the difference between the aew viewer and the wwe viewer um and that because uh, there is a core difference and mm -hmm. it's okay that there's a core difference. You're allowed to kind of have a I'm preference I'm glad there's a difference. Yeah, because the, there's variety in my shows. I don't want the same show mm -hmm. on the, two different networks. Um, so, you know, the, the thing that Brian talked about, he, he used one of Dave's points and how Dave can kind of successfully predict. Well, most people can, but it's one of Dave's things that he does. Um, based on a card, how a show is going to perform. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because the average AEW viewer cares about the the card they care about what they're going to see whereas you can go into a smackdown with nothing yeah and announce absolutely nothing but people the thing that wwe fans are very interested in is the story what's going to happen with uh what's going to happen with roman reigns this week what's going to happen with the bloodline what Sami Zayn going to do whereas on the side of aew it's very much based around is this card interesting uh, are these matches I want to see? And if the matches aren't things I want to see, people aren't just, they're okay not tuning in. Like, oh, this has matches I want to see, so let me watch this. Uh, so it's its a different kind of 
fan and i mm. think that that's okay but like tony kind of has to know that that's the fan he's catering to to right. where this past week's dynamite in laredo texas people were looking at that card going into it going oh this is gonna be whack and yeah that's what i'm kind of kind of saying because like do you, like every week you gotta come with some heat because people were going to into the show being like ah it's not really gonna hit and then when it right. didn't really hit it was like you know what I mean? So. And, and and I think that is the issue, right? That mm-hmm. you kind of set up your fans for that. And it's great. I love having that it's show. Great problem to have. I have, I have <laughs> you know, I that show existing to me is like a very cool thing of every Wednesday, I'm like, all right, let me look at this card. Oh, damn, there's going to be some dope matches here. I can't wait for this card. Um, and I think that Again, it's just the way that the show is set up. I think it's going to be a very hard thing to undo, but you have yeah. conditioned fans to basically look at the card. And it's like, I love coming out of... As a matter of fact, the thing I hate most is when I leave an episode of Dynamite where they're like, Tony will have some matches to announce on social mm-hmm. media. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Like, I'd, lo- I'd love it when a Dynamite ends and they're like, here's all six matches for next week. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking for, I left this show and now I'm looking forward to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, I even asked Tony about that at the press conference. I said that, uh, has your booking philosophy changed? Because a lot of times out of Dynamite now, you're announcing a lot of things on social media, whereas in the early days of the show, the show would end and we'd know the entire card for the following week. And that was a great way to kind of feel about it week to week to week. So... I don't know. I don't necessarily feel that idea that I need the show to be a mystery. That yeah. the only way that that can work is if you have a strong storied show. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to book it that way, and I'm not saying you have to book it that way, then no, don't Just go into matches. Don't do mystery cards because yeah, uh, I, I I think when yeah. people say that that they don't want all the announcements, they're wanting AEW to do things in a WWE conventional way because. People are going to tune in to Raw or SmackDown whether they know the matches or not. That's just how right. WWE fans are conditioned Regardless. to to view mm-hmm. their programming, and mm-hmm. that's not a negative. That's just Mm-mm. that's just how that's just the culture around WWE programming. Right. And I feel like the the culture around AEW programming is just totally different. I think that um, I, I do enjoy going into this knowing what's coming next week and knowing mm-hmm. what to look forward to next week. Um, and I, I don't, I don't really understand the gloom and doom around Dynamite because I mean, yeah. this week's episode of Dynamite was not good, no. um, but <laughs> not at all. Mm-mm. But they had some I, good I, stuff, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but it's not like I watched this episode and was like, ah, oh, man, this has been weeks. I don't enjoy the show because last week's mm. episode was great. Yes. Um, and so, I, I feel like the things I did enjoy about this week's episode were clearly that they were trying to punt stuff ahead to the last hour of Rampage to lead into All-Star Weekend because I, watching Rampage, Rampage was a better show, I really thought. For, for for the hour of wrestling we got, the matches were good, and the story developments that we got were better, and I felt like some of them should have been on Dynamite. Like, the Keith and Swerve stuff should have been on Dynamite. I thought um, so, too. I felt like Keith, Keith's return is something that's big, and that should have been on your main show. That should have been something... And again, I, I get the idea of wanting to keep that for a lead-in to something as big as All-Star Weekend, but I do feel like it shortchanged people that tuned into Dynamite. Um, and I felt like it was the same way with the Elite match. Like, the Elite match gave us a, a build for a pay-per-view match, and we got we got an hour of Dynamite, the first hour of Dynamite. It felt like there was no real build to the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. But then we got, like, what, two builds to a pay-per-view on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like it would have helped to have some of that stuff on Wednesday. 
Almost um, three. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we came out of Rampage with like, oh shit, there's three possible matches coming into uh, uh, Revolution in right. a way where we didn't necessarily. I mean, we did on uh, Dynamite yeah. as well. So yeah, I I, I just feel like it, it was some stuff that needed to be on Dynamite, and that first hour of, of Dynamite this week just really dragged to mm. me. And it just didn't. And that's rare. Time. That's what's kind of crazy rare. about it, because it's usually like, damn, it's been an hour. There's all kind of crazy shit going it, on. It just, yeah. yeah, that first hour of Dynamite just didn't really do anything for me. And this was the first time in a long time where I felt like the crowd wasn't even that hot for the first mm-hmm. hour of Dynamite. Um, and so, like I said, this isn't like this is an all the time thing. This almost felt like an anomaly. I do feel like there are some things that they can correct with the show, but I don't feel like this show is indicative of everything we see every week. Right. Yeah, but that's how um, everybody's like. It's over. I can't believe it. It's over. The dream's done. (laughs) Of of course, of course. Shout out Jennifer. She says, uh, "For Grapsity, much love to the gents. Thank y'all for being welcoming and amazing. Great weekend for wrestling. Let's all enjoy it. I'm excited for this weekend of wrestling." Jennifer, yes, Um, it's lit today. Oh my god. Uh, Let's see. Jason R says, uh, "What match out of tonight's pay per view do you think will be the best wrestling match?" Uh, which one are you most looking forward to? Predictions on Tony's big announcement uh, for Wednesday. Oh yeah, I'm interested in that too. I don't like that could be a number of things, right? I have, Will Washington. I have no idea whatsoever. <laughs> no, nothing. Um, I saw that graphic pop up on the screen and went, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Yeah, um, like, what like is I that? Did, so, what is that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the other interesting thing w- about that was uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I can usually tell the difference between because I saw people going, well, that that sounds like a, you know, it's just a Tony Khan response to um, the rating stuff. I don't know, because yeah. I can usually tell when Excalibur's uh, speech has been recorded. Yeah, well, no, when it's being oh. when it's been recorded in post. Because gotcha. they do a lot of that. They do a lot yeah, of post yeah. commentary. Um, and there's like this big sound jump when Excalibur is recording something mm-hmm. from home. It's not as bad as like SmackDown used to be in the like the 2000s where all of a sudden Michael Cole sounds like he's over the phone. Mm-hmm. And, then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it like jumps to live. Um, it's never that bad, but you can usually tell. And I felt like that statement sounded like and maybe i have to go back and watch because i only saw it the one time but it, i don't know it didn't sound inserted um maybe it was uh and as far as what the announcement is not a clue i couldn't anything. even is is it the london show maybe maybe possible um, the uk show we don't know if it's in london. the uk yeah show. yeah i don't know any of it and very interesting yeah. yeah, that if I had to predict, I'm guessing maybe that's what it is. Um, other than that, I have no idea. No idea. But yeah, uh, uh, the the rest of the question is he's talking about elimination chamber. Here. Best, well, just tonight. What is going oh. to be the best wrestling match tonight? Um, mm. I think I it's hard because I think Mercedes is putting. Uh, she thinks it's going to be the best match of her career. Yeah. Um, and are, are we only talking elimination? chamber or are we no, talking i think we're talking about no, it as a whole. tonight mm-hmm. yeah because it says pay-per-views with the mm-hmm. uh, s so um, oh if plural. you're including new japan then yeah i i, I think it's either going to be the mercedes match or tanahashi versus okada mm-hmm. as far as best wrestling match is concerned um which match are we most looking forward to 
Mercedes debut. Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, say Mercedes. Mercedes debut. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'm think... super excited about. Uh, it's gonna sound crazy. The WWE show. No, I'm super excited about what happened with with, with Roman and Sammy. I think the story has been greatly Man. executed that promo last night with sammy was fucking insane world's apart he back man the vibe is back officially saying music is back in the Let's arena in go Montreal. baby uh, we're ready man it's going crazy uh let's see we got um uh is that chris weston Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I want you guys' opinion on the state of the dunk contest. We kind of talked about this a little bit. I remember when we had actual names in it and LeBron was talking about jumping in. Now we got... guys. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting dudes from the G League. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I think what happened here? I don't don't even know if the issue is is star power because one of my favorite dunk contests in the last few years, um, there weren't big names in it. It was Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. I just think that uh, the dunk contest has been around so long, and we've kind of seen everything. We've seen it's kind of hard to top uh, some of the greatest dunk contests we've ever seen. Um, <clears throat> but I, it is hard to ignore that a lot of the guys that come in the league that are up-and-coming stars don't want to do the dunk contest as well. It's a it's an odd problem to have. I feel like it's hard last, to think of a dunk, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I almost feel like for the last few years, the three-point contest has become more right. exciting than the dunk contest. And that could be just the state of the league as well, that the three-pointer in a lot of ways has become the dunk because everybody wants to shoot threes now. Um, right. I don't know. Um, I don't know how you fix it, man. It, it's it's a I, I think it, the, the culture has just shifted because, like, John Morant's best dunks are just, like, one-handed jams. Like, they're not, like these crazy Vince Carter under the legs. Yeah, and jams, I mean, you know, Ja is a great in ring. I mean, in, in ring in game. dunker. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I want to see Ja in a dunk contest. That's like, what I'm saying. Like it's like, different. Speaking it's different. of in ring versus on court, what the hell is the Miz hitting the half court shot for? That what was that? Was that the Miz? I was watching that like with did the time did the time run out? After yeah, he... time ran out, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, he got it off after the buzzer. But... I know that video that I was watching was of the Miz. That's, That's the Miz. <laughs> I came to play. <laughs> Shout out to the Miz. Yeah, apparently so. He did. Uh, Miz hitting half court shots. Yeah, but and yeah. the funny thing was they were down by three. Absolutely. That actually would have tied mm-hmm. the game. I saw but somebody yeah. else say he traveled clearly before the shot. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he did. I, I saw that. It was a very clear travel, and then, uh, and then he hits the the shot after the buzzer. So like none of that matters. It's just a cool social media moment. But yeah, but, after they started like jumping over cars and shit, that's it. Was like, all right, we got to like Blake home has some this Blake good. Griffin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got to home this in, yeah. you guys. <laughs> Uh, so we got a super chat here from D-Lo Diggs says, uh, happy Saturday, everyone. Today will be one of the biggest emotional roller coasters in a long time. And I am not ready for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely, uh, did you guys watch a Mercedes, uh, short documentary, uh, from the day of Russell kingdom? Very emotional, man. Um, I was like, man, I'm very happy for it. She seems very excited. Um, and just as a huge fan of new Japan, seeing somebody being excited to go there and not just being like, cause there's a point in it where uh, she got a message from her contact at new Japan. And they were like, Oh no, you've, you've wrestled it at like 
WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Like, <laughs> we are we are minor league. And then she like later she was like, I hate that they considered themselves minor league. This is New Japan. And I was like, fucking right. This is fucking yeah, New yeah. Japan. Like I mean, Cody just, talked and, about that though. Yeah, yeah. Cody mentioned how when it comes to like the former WWE people, they will roll out the red carpet. They're like, no, you you are a big time star. We are we're just mm-hmm. New Japan Pro Wrestling. And like yeah. Um, that works to financially to their advantage, uh, for the guys who do have the WWE brothers. I walked past Mercedes in the lobby of the San Jose Hyatt yesterday. And let me tell you, I, uh, I went, I went into recluse mode. I couldn't even look her in the eyes. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, she's a superstar. It looks like the, the, when Charlie Murphy described, Rick James, that's exactly what it was. Like she had an aura walking. I was like, whoa, this is yeah. crazy. Where did we see her? Was, was that uh, after Royal Rumble when we were in the lobby? Oh, yeah, yeah, in, the, in uh, St. Louis. Yeah, but not, and that was after she had had that Rumble moment. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like, yeah, I, I, I do think that uh, there are some fans that think that she's too big for New Japan. And I, I do really love the idea that... Uh, this has been her dream and she never sees it as something like, Oh, this is like, this is like small league to me. Like, no, this is my dream to wrestle here. Bro, and, she's been know, uh, that little article, a couple of articles she's put out. She's pitching matches with impact. Like, come on. She's talking about, she's trying to wrestle. Yeah, she's trying to wrestle. That sounds like a good match too. I'm, yeah, I'm, hell yeah. I'm here for it. Uh, Mercedes versus Mickey James sounds dope. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the, the issue of course is, no one wants to have their champ lose yeah and uh so that's always a tough one and then if mercedes Um, wins tonight you know they're really not gonna want her to ever lose anywhere so yeah um speaking of which though i don't remember i was watching impact this week i don't remember the impact women's title looking as whack as it does uh what (laughs) happened they change it so often like they change their belts really often Mm -hmm. i don't without really any rhyme or reason it's just kind of like let's get a new belt yeah, I, I don't like it. Uh, it reminds me of the early AEW women's title, like that mm-hmm. first one that was like super tiny and like Little tiny boy. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, let's see. Marcus Thomas says, uh, per Conan, only Latins um, can do frog splashes on TV. Uh, I mean, the, I've I followed all of that uh, controversy, and um, it was dumb. It so was, dumb. Uh, and it's even dumber in the in the way where they're like, well, we just worked all you marks because you guys got mad. And like, that's uh, the, 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 the stance they're taking now. Uh, just, it was a uh, dumb comment to make, like at the end of the day, stupid. because I, yeah, mm, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get actively trying to be upset about something that everybody is enjoying. And to catch this one of those wrestlers that people are excited about, so why pick this guy to target? It's just goofy to me, uh, yeah, and that's not that's not a that's not a jab at Conan, but it's, I just think that whole thing is goofy. I think I think saying that, oh how dare you, you know, making it seem like a personal threat when I see you. If I would have been in the arena and you did that, like bro, stop, nah, nah. like cut it out, yeah. man. It's not that serious. <laughs> uh, let's see, we got Kruher uh, X. Uh, says AEW is the only wrestling I watch. I've not cared about the stories in months. They need an overarching story again. The Hangman Saga, um, Wardlow's story about his dad was the meatiest thing in a while. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I actually like the stuff about uh, Wardlow and his dad, and I mm-hmm. wish 
that they would have dropped that like five weeks ago. A long time ago. Like, why are we just finding out about this? I think that would have been like, think about the reaction the crowd would have given Samoa Joe cutting his hair had this been something we learned end of November. Uh, so like eight weeks ago, really, it just looked like Samoa Joe was being a hater, which was great, and it's still, <laughs> he's still being a hater either way. But if we would have a little bit of context to it, it would have hit a lot. Yeah, harder. I think it would have hit harder had it happened had we yeah, known beforehand. I, I I think it definitely would have made his return after the Derby match hit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I I agree. I think that the Warlow segment was really good, but I would say story wise, the story I'm the most invested in off of dynamite is the mjf and brian stuff i feel like brian has been the best thing on aw television for the last few weeks and i don't think it's a coincidence the week that he wasn't really on in a big way other than Mm -hmm. that promo was one of the worst episodes in a long time um i don't know and i I, every week tony khan sorry (laughs) yeah and i i think the hangman and mock stuff has been good as well but it, yeah. In terms of the pay-per-view coming up, I'm the most invested in Max versus uh, Brian. Which I think is yeah. great. You're invested in the main event. Like, that's a good yeah. thing to tell. But you got to tell other stories, too. It can't just be about the main event. Uh, yeah. A few more, and then I want to get into um, two very specific topics. But Albert Pont says, I know Will is looking forward to Bray versus Brock or Bobby in a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match at Mania. And that Rampage main event was fire. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I liked the, the main event a lot. Um honestly i think that's the bet like i'm the most excited about that because (laughs) you gotta fight one of these guys you can't use those shenanigans and against brock or fucking bobby can you no honestly what i want to see is uh do you remember the moment from SummerSlam 2015 where undertaker and brock did like brock just like sat up and like laughed at undertaker Mm -hmm. that's the kind of shit i want to see Brock do to like Bray Wyatt silly shit. Mm-hmm. I want to see Bray just like, or Brock just like grab one of the puppets and just rip it apart. Like that's the kind of shit that I want to see Brock do. And I'm hoping that we get a little bit of Brock just like fuck the Firefly. They announced Firefly Funhouse next week. Like I want to see Brock just like walk in there and just like start kicking shit over. Like stop this. This is bullshit. Come fight me. <laughs> like that's yeah. Um, I like it. I, I I tweeted this and now I just cannot unsee it that <laughs> that Uncle Howdy looks like the ghost of Doctor Lovelace from Wild Wild West. And every time <laughs> I see it, like I chuckle to myself, like and like even when he came out during the during the hit row thing, I was like, nah nah, I've seen Wild Wild West. Doctor Lovelace doesn't like black people, so he got hit row up out of here. Hey, not for nothing. On that. <laughs> and those are the only black people on the show. Not for nothing on that hit row segment as heels that rap shit like hit a lot better did you guys feel that like no i agree i didn't necessarily like, like top dollar uh what was the line hold on um <laughs> well, he in this specific lines no there was i, I, I didn't think we were doing a lyrical breakdown no i just didn't like that he <laughs> i didn't like that he rhymed lord above with canada like then <laughs> Like that was a stretch. Like I get it. In hip hop, you can stretch like that, but uh... Lil Wayne fucked the game up. You can do whatever you want now. (laughs) Yeah, um, (laughs) I I did like the continuity of that. The first time they did a rap performance in in Montreal, Montreal. they got booed, and then they came back and they like had all the disrespect for Montreal. I thought that was good. Um, I I, and I I thought kind of giving them the happy ending of Bray coming out and beating them down was good. Um, I agree. I think the main event of Rampage was really good. 
I hate to say it. Uh, first of all, where was Trench Montana this week? Uh, well, well right, we got the story of why <laughs> Trench wasn't on TV. <laughs> that uh, Keith Lee probably took him out off screen. Um, but, man, Parker Bredo coming out and not doing the taunt. The presentation is so much better. Oh my god! Hundred percent. He he looks icy. He had the he had the Jordan Thirteens on, man, knocking dudes down. I I'm into it. I like it. Yes, that Brock Lesnar shit. Leave that to the video games, my bro. <laughs> yeah, no, it's much better. Um, so, but yeah, yeah and I, I did Trish like Montana, that man. Trish Montana. Is I, I think. I think that uh, one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough is how much. Um, because you know they, we always hear from people like, oh, such and such is better in WWE. Oh, such and such is better in AEW. All of that. I think that, um, you know, there's been rumors for a minute that Dustin's, you know, he Dustin himself has said his contract is up this year. Um, one of the things that I would be just halfway disappointed in him possibly returning to WWE for is that I love how legitimized he's been in the last four years of AEW. I feel like the way Dustin. Because, yeah, Dustin is 6'6", right? Like, this isn't a dude that uh, is so easy to just kind of pass off as, like, oh, he's just another guy on the roster. Like, I, I do – I actually like that he's been legitimized these last few years, mm -hmm. whereas, like, you know, we know that the last uh, – yeah, I mean, he's – holds the record, I believe, for the most releases from WWE. So it's not to say that – this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. In like 1992, Dustin, in some of these AEW matches, man, like he really be out there with his working boots on. Like last night, it was like, no, I'm not, I'm not whatever you guys think I am. I'm not an old man. I'm like here to fucking wrestle. 
And it's yeah. funny that people are probably upset about the blood and like just watch a WCW uh 1992 Dustin match and you will see him bleed. Like he's Dusty's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Do you remember what Dusty's forehead looked like? Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I I definitely do think like he was talking to Cody. Like, man, I think you're doing great over there. Royal Rumble win looks great. Man, I got a main event match. Man, he's like, man, you know what you got to do, man. <laughs> you know what you got to do. <laughs> you, you know, know what you, you got to do, do, man. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I, I thought I thought Dustin looked great. I thought Swerve selling the uh, crossroads. Um, yeah, I mean, he mm. sold that shit like a cartwheel. It looked great. Um, that <laughs> was like a no-handed cartwheel. It, um, it did. It did make me want to see Square versus Cody, man. It did. Yeah, <laughs> that was the, the thought I had. Uh, the, the immediate thought I had when he took that crossroads, I was like, damn, we missed Swerve versus Cody. Swerve acting uh, like Seth Rollins building to a match with somebody in a different company. It's like, no, I don't think you can. I think you uh, what a, <laughs> one of the funniest reactions I've seen to the Swerve stuff last week and this week. Um, uh, shout out to Cotolic guys. And watching them being confused that – Swerve beat down uh, Dustin last week and then was like, yeah, happy Black History Month. <laughs> I was like, wait, he didn't do that. And so they were like, wait, is Dustin racist or something? Why? Why? <laughs> don't put that on gold, Dust. No, don't put that on no. my man. Just because he's mm-hmm. from Texas. But that was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jake Salazar says, so Bray versus Brock or Bobby. L- <laughs> LMAO, what the F do we do in life to deserve this? Uh, Marcus Thomas says, who are you guys' favorite black superheroes? Mine is Jon Stewart, Green Lantern, and Static Shock. Green um, I am very much an Al Simmons guy. I love me some Spawn. Um, that's my answer. Uh, Static is a good answer. Um yeah, of course, you got to throw Miles Morales as a Spider-Man fan. Mm-hmm. Just how big Miles Morales was when he debuted. Mine's is Hove. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Black superhero music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I was a big Spawn guy. I even liked the movie, even though I know it's got some of the worst CG good. of all time. You're dropping but a I, new Spawn, right? A new one? I mean, they, it's been like... Paused for a minute because Jamie Foxx has been attached to the role right. of Al for a long time, mm-hmm. but um, he's like the same age as Michael Jai White, so I think that's weird. <laughs> that <laughs> like might as well get Mike just if we're get, doing get, this. Look, just get Michael Jai White back, man. He's he, in looks, he looks great. Yeah, he's always uh, yeah. I'm like, look, I if I'm gonna have one of the two, I'd rather just just bring Michael Jai White back. Like I love watching Michael Jai White in. Uh, Although, did you see the the post he uh, posted the other day, or he, that he shared with the baby that kind of looked like Michael oh, Jai yeah. White, <laughs> and everybody was sharing the the black dynamite clip. <laughs> uh, uh, my mama said my daddy's name is Black Dynamite. <laughs> nah. No. Now, that is honestly Black Dynamite is legit. What a great, we need to just make a new Black Dynamite. Honestly, one of the yeah, greatest they, movies of man. all time. Mm-hmm. I I always randomly think I caught you threw it before I came in the room. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few oh, movies man. I love more than Black Dynamite. I think I'm gonna watch it as soon. I think as that's as on as Tubi. Though. If you need to, uh, Tubi. Tubi. I own it, so uh, I would. It's one of those things I I still like on occasion buy digital movies and like my my 
Google Play Movies Library slash Amazon Library slash I use movies anywhere, so it all ties it together. Uh, still, I don't know. I still feel like video games need to movies anywhere type service. You know what I mean? Like uh, where, you know, there's multiple places to buy movies. You've got mm -hmm. your, um, but Apple, well, what the fuck is it there? Because uh, it's not iTunes anymore. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You could buy movies on Apple. You could buy movies on Amazon. You could buy movies on um, Google Play Movies, Voodoo, wherever. But like, if you just link all those accounts together and do it through Movies Anywhere, it authorizes the movie on all of them. And mm -hmm. I was like, wouldn't it be great if there was a service where like, yeah, you can buy Call of Duty on an Xbox or you could buy Call of Duty on a PlayStation or buy it through this service and you get it on both. Mm -hmm. and and pc like wherever it exists you can just buy it like i feel like god that would be the ultimate way for multi-platform games to to do I, mm -hmm. I hate having to buy games on multiple consoles if i want to play it with other players or i just want to play it like if i'm sitting at my pc i mean it works for xbox because most things on xbox are also on pc and if you have it through xbox it works but i feel like Everything else, it's just not the case. CBD's nuts, by the way, says shout out Reg for uh, jamming out to Under Oath in 2023. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It'll never stop. It'll never end. My uh, emo phase is forever. Um, Leonard Aaron says, I know this probably won't happen, but Sammy winning tonight would uh, put a fitting cap to easily the best story WWE has spun in forever. That reaction last night was generationally generationally goosebump inducing. Ooh, y'all about to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy is definitely losing, buddy. Look, <laughs> oh, he's losing. I, I'm telling you this. Montreal. Last night was your celebration. That was that's it. why you, you got it. it. The, that's why you got it a night early. Because you <laughs> they gave you guys your moment. Last night, uh, because uh, they're going to shit all over you guys. Your reaction tonight. is going to be great, too. We can't wait. Look, look, that's the thing is, I think people, I, I hate that people are looking at this as a, it's only going to be a, uh, a good ending if Sammy wins. And I think, no, it could still be a satisfying conclusion to the story if, Roman beats this man's ass. And I think Roman's going to beat this man's ass. Like, that's okay. I think Sammy will have some hope spots. I think, look, when he hits that halluva kick, can we get one, two, Ooh. oh, and like yeah. everybody's face. Like, that 2.9999997 kick out is going to be amazing. Um, I'm kind of yeah. on both sides of the fence, though, because I kind of want Roman to just squash his ass. Uh, <laughs> no, please no, don't do no. That. that would be bad. I that would be bad him. in Montreal. That he just starts good, out with no. a spear. But, <laughs> it's over. Yeah, that, 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 no, you need to go have oh, a conversation with God. Vince McMahon. Like, that is... <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of which, have you guys seen the report? Of who oh, had yeah. input on the finish uh, for this match? Uh, yeah, 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 yes. I thought the homeboy had... No creative input around these parts. Uh, yeah, the, if you guys have not seen, the report is that uh, the match and finish has been booked by one Paulie Dangerously and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So does that uh, worry you guys about <laughs> the ending of this match? That might uh, be going to actually happen. Uh, huh? I was just joking. Shy <laughs> uh, town Spurs. Hey, shout out Shytown Spurs with a big super chat. Thank you so much. Oh, damn, Says, you, sup guys, got an unexpected raise last night, so I'm spreading the love. I appreciate awesome. that. Thank, Thank you so you much so for much. sharing that. Hey, man. Uh, uh, congratulations on that raise, bro. Yeah, congratulations yeah. on the raise. Yeah. I uh, 
um, definitely make sure you give your your savings a raise as well. That was uh, one of my biggest life lessons. Savings a raise? No, I'm just serious. Like if you put away, um, if you have, if you have a savings, if you put away a certain percentage of your check toward your savings, whatever you're doing, um, I've always felt like every time I got a raise, I did the same thing. It's like okay, increase what I'm giving to my savings, and that way I. I uh, that they all have to increase together. So when a rainy day hits, you're good. And you're better than you would have been pre-raise. That's all I'm saying. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. He says, thank you for being a staple of my Saturday afternoons. Last night made me believe two things. It is, in fact, Sammy's time, and Helwani is a fraud. Uh, that softball Triple H interview looks sus as hell. All right. Let's uh, talk about that. Um, yeah, first half of that, I I do want to believe in Sammy, and I was very hyped for Sammy last night, but he is taking this hell today. This is how I know they're telling a great story because everyone believes he's going to win. This is what I don't pro wrestling he's win. is. How, no, I'm saying like that's what I, like the people that think he. There's a lot of people that think he's going to win, and this is what pro wrestling is all about: disappointment. I mean, <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely. <laughs> uh, so, like, I have been because I see a lot of comparisons. To, like, well, you know, we've seen changes before WrestleMania. We saw Eddie Guerrero versus uh, Brock Lesnar right before WrestleMania. Like, yeah, but also Brock had already been building up the feud with Goldberg, mm-hmm. non-title. Like, you could see that Goldberg and Brock was already a thing, and Angle and Eddie was already a thing. And both and those once, boys were out of here. And mm-hmm. once. Once Angle won the number one contendership, that kind of telegraphed the main event. Like, okay, mm-hmm. Angle's number one contender, so that means that this feud he already has going with Eddie Guerrero is is going to cap off. And the only way that happens is if Eddie wins the title as, as the main event of No Way Out. No, Goldberg versus Brock was not going to be for the title. Nobody thought that was going to be for the title. Uh, I think people thought it was going to be for the title when both of them had the titles. Because there was, they did have that stare down at Survivor Series 03, where uh, Goldberg had a belt around his shoulder, Brock had one around his shoulder, and they stared down. They were like, okay, this is the Mania match. But uh, and you know what was funny about that match, actually, in hindsight? People wanted to see that match because there were all these weird comparisons in 2002 to Goldberg and Brock where every time Brock did anything people chanted Goldberg at him because they're mm-hmm. like oh he's undefeated but like those two don't wrestle anything alike uh-uh. those two don't look anything alike they don't move Nothing. anywhere alike and by the time the match happened they couldn't have been more different of wrestlers mm-hmm. and like today now those two are not anything alike uh-uh. Like, even without the circumstances of them both leaving, that match wasn't ever going to hit. Like, even if the fans were into it, it just, their styles, are they don't work well together. Yeah. I mean, they, the match at WrestleMania 33 was better, but that, that was pretty good. But uh, the reason for that was because Vince had discovered the spam match where it's yeah, like, they didn't hey, have the spam what if we just, yeah, 20. yeah, if, <laughs> 33, like, look, let's just, it, it's in, um, <laughs> it's SmackDown. Here comes the pain. Remember when you could like start your match out, like just fill up all the S's, so you give them finishers <laughs> at the start of the match. <laughs> I'm glad they got off of that. That's spent that Brock Lesnar seven F fives matches and Drew yeah. McIntyre with three. What, like, what do you mean? Hit. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get the spam match with um, Brock versus Bray. We're gonna get Brock versus Bray brought to you by spam. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, no, when Bray hit, I don't know how I'm gonna feel the moment that Bray gets hit with an F5 and then like immediately does the like crab walk. Oh um, no, no, please! <laughs> Come on, man, it's coming, man. Damn, it. you know that's exactly how that's gonna go. All right, but um, so let's talk Tony Khan and Ariel Helwani. So, uh, last night. <laughs> Why does he do this? <laughs> I know. It's like so many times Grap City episodes are dictated by something that was tweeted. <laughs> Tony, man. <laughs> Tony. First of all, um, tweeting that and hashtagging it, AW <laughs> I was like, yo, this dude is wild, man. <laughs> wild, he hashtagged the AW Rampage. That, that got me, right? That's so, funny. Um, yeah. So the way the night went, of course, was that during SmackDown, um, renowned MMA journalist uh, Ariel Hawani appeared on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. And I think most of his critics had the same thought. As a matter of fact, I uh, was texting with Denise. I was like, there are two types of people. And uh, because there's... Um, those who were congratulating him, and then like Bix was immediately like Bix was on. Bix was on that boy. Big Bix was uh Bix was a pig and shit last night, buddy. He was rolling around the filth boy, and he was loving it, buddy. Oh my god, he, he was he on had he had the time of his ass. life last night. Uh, yeah, like, no, he's from 2010, bro. Is trying to get in this shit. He was nah, bro. He he loved every second of it. Uh, so okay. Tony then responded like I had already Bix had already like thrown out the word fraud. Mm -hmm. uh, he gave out the what a fucking fraud, right? And before I could even say a word about that, I get a DM from Reg, uh, <laughs> and it just had the Tony Khan tweet in it, and it had only been like sixty seconds. You got yes. to that quick, and you shared it in our group <laughs> chat quick. <And laughs> I'm like, ain't he at the New Japan press conference? <laughs> That was the, the press that's what's crazy about it is the press conference was like one minute from starting and i'm like looking at my phone I'm like oh shit and jj was sitting next to me too jj was there taking pictures i'm like did you see this and we just bust hey both, shout out to jj out like, yeah shout out to jj took some really mm -hmm. dope pictures always does and we just both busted out laughing just like this <laughs> Tony Khan is nuts man. uh i need to pull up the exact tweet because oh. the it's not done justice without uh, exact wording. So, are you ready, kids? Uh, it says, you're a fraud, Ariel Hawani. Um, there we go. We, we've got it right there. He says, you're as legitimate of a reporter as any ads, Tony Schiavone. Well, I don't know why Tony Schiavone caught a stray in this. Like, well, I because I think that was a little say. bit more of a, yeah, because I think that was a little, little bit more of like, uh, kind of playing with Tony Schiavone like because, Tony, like, Tony Schiavone would would be the first to admit that I'm not a reporter. I just play one on TV. Gotcha. Like that's and that's essentially what he's trying to say is that you're not a reporter. You just play one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I think what he's essentially saying because I saw some people saying the same thing. Like, why are you why are you trashing Schiavone? I don't think he's trashing Schiavone. He's saying. No, you're part of their production, just like Tony mm -hmm. Schiavone is a part of our production. Gotcha. So yeah. he really's cooking his ass. Double yeah, and, and that's. And again, that that was what he was was trying to say there. Um, now, as legitimate as Tony Schiavone is, now, 
he was bad, bro. You think he was standing up when he tweeted that? <laughs> you think he was standing up? <laughs> hey, man. So, I I see this two ways. One, um, like when you see what Ariel Hawani's been tweeting about things, like he, he yeah. that man's living his dream, right? He's yeah. a lifelong WWE fan. He is a fan, and uh, and he has. I don't think made any bones about that. Um, but I will say this. If you're going to go Ryan Satin, go full Ryan Satin. And what I mean by that is like, because I think a lot of people think I don't like Ryan Satin. That couldn't be further from the truth. Why, why would um, you not like Ryan? Um, so my thing with Ryan Satin, um, yeah, I may have some. Louis uh, no, Dangor. <laughs> Uh, no, and, 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 and I, I, I talk to Louie all the time. Um, and Louie. The, and, uh, the... Now, Louie be getting too many shouts out, shout outs on this podcast. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, I, I know, right? He does. Um, I mean, but like, that's the thing. Is that he is a young-ass dude who's, yeah. who's, who's just doing his oh, That's thing, how right? serious it is to us, though. Like, this, like, these guys don't get us out of pocket, man. It's fun. It's all fun. Yeah. You guys and love like, WWE. That's great. But, and, like, the thing about Ryan Sadden is that... Ryan Satin uh, had very much like that man is at his core a super fan, yeah. um, and you know or a when mark he was, is what they call him. Yes, uh, but so but the thing is, we again, I don't I don't have any beef with professional Ryan Satin. Now he, he has said some out of pocket stuff to friends of mine, and I'm not okay with that. But um, as far as the uh, at a professional standpoint. I recognize why he does what he does and why he did what he did. And like at the end of the day, um, I think the smartest thing he did was because people were already accusing him of, look, you're you're in WWE's pocket. And he's like, and, and so he, he decided, look, I'm not only taking this job with Fox Sports, who of course is a um, TV partner of WWE, but I am now just taking my hands off. I ain't talking about nothing but WWE going forward. Um, because I know that there's nothing I can say, even if it is my true feelings and opinions, there is nothing I can say at this stage where you guys would accept it because you know that I have a working relationship with WWE. Mm-hmm. I think that was the smartest thing he did. And even still to this day, anything he says, reports, anything along those lines, everybody's like, well, you were fed that by WWE. Obviously, that's how that <laughs> business relationship works. Um, and But at the end of the day, he's not reporting on nothing else. So it's not as big of a deal. I think that with Helwani, it's a very similar thing, except he is still actively reporting and talking about other things. And so um, that's where I can see where Tony Khan's beef comes from, right? Where Tony is looking at it from the perspective of, well, we did this interview together. Um, you hit it from a very, uh, I guess, hard-hitting perspective, right? Like he, he, he took the, he did the CM Punk thing. He asked about CM Punk. Um, which we asked about CM Punk when we had Tony Khan on this show. I think C- Tony Khan, uh, I think as far as CM Punk is concerned, that's a topic that's unavoidable. I think it's at the time, especially, and it still is one of the most important things in pro wrestling, one of the most por- important things to AEW. And so that is a thing that we have to discuss. That's a thing we have to ask about. I'm not stupid. I knew what answer we were going to get when we asked about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew that like it was worth a try. It's always worth a shot. I even knew when angling it the way I angled it, talking about it from the perspective of having an injured wrestler. Um, I knew 
we were probably going to get a non-answer. But I didn't want to not ask because I knew that it's important to get that out there and uh, because it's the thing people want to know about because sometimes even a non-answer is an answer. But once we got a non-answer, I think continuing to dwell on it would have been a mistake. I think that uh, that would have been us attempting to characterize the interview. And that uh, wasn't something I was interested in doing. Um, and I think Ariel Hawani hitting Tony from that angle multiple times, um, it framed the interview in a certain way. And then he turned around and called the interview the worst interview he's ever done. Um, and the hard thing about that was that like, that was the interview he conducted. I don't think, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think Tony's answers were any good on that because there was nothing he could answer, but also move on and ask about something he can answer, get some information out of this interview, make it an interview worth talking about. Because the thing is, he did have um, what some would call a very good interview with uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, the big thing that people felt about that interview was that he didn't ask about the biggest story possibly in the history of professional wrestling, which is uh, Vince McMahon's scandal, Vince McMahon's resignation. He didn't ask about any of that. And that's the thing people hit him up over, that uh, in the same vein that the CM Punk thing is the biggest thing with Tony Khan and unavoidable with Vince McMahon, I mean, with Hunter, that is the biggest story. It right. is Vince McMahon. Why are you here? Let's ask about that. Let's talk about that. And he didn't ask about it. But he did get some good information. It was a good interview. And by the end of it, um, he was at least smart enough with that interview to know this is... Uh, sorry, we lost uh, Phil. And now the, the shot doesn't make any sense. So, um, and shout out now. You can see my wrestling club uh, <laughs> shirt in full. And... Um, so anyway, what I was saying here was he was smart enough to know at that point. There we go. Let's bring our overlay back. Welcome uh -huh. back, Philip Lindsay. Yeah. That internet uh, got really weird for a second. <laughs> that he knew what answers he wasn't going to get out of Hunter. And so it's like at least frame this interview in a way where we can make it the most interesting thing possible about uh hunter's transition into becoming head of creative and i think he made a very interesting interview and it made for a lot of interesting topics but of course there was one thing that was avoided and so it was very clear in those two interviews with the two heads of creative of the two biggest wrestling companies in uh in the world he didn't approach them the same way so i get why from tony's perspective he already had a little bit of a raised eyebrow about that and then all of a sudden Ariel Hawani appears on SmackDown <laughs> basically as a host. Um, and all of a sudden now that I can see from his perspective how it looks like uh, you are obviously trying to protect the relationship you have there. And uh, that comes off to me as uh, fraudulent journalism. And then Tony tweeted it. Uh, and, uh, and then Ariel, of course, responded, and uh, he had uh, a very pointed jab back. I almost need to pull it up for exact wording because <laughs> I don't want to paraphrase anything we're talking about here. What'd he say? 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 <laughs> <laughs> what'd he say? I actually just watched Friday the other day. <laughs> 
what he say? Uh, let's see. He said, "God, Ariel tweets a lot, so it's." Uh... Oh yeah, he said, "Thanks for watching, old friend. Can't wait for for our next chat. Also, don't listen to the snowman, Shivani. You're a legend in my books." Wow. So, so, so here's my thing here. Um, mm-hmm. Can't believe he told him not to listen to Jeezy. This is crazy. Why is why <laughs> Jeezy? Jeezy did not have to catch a stray in this. <laughs> um, but so here's my thing. No, the only person who can listen to Jeezy is Hogan. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back around. Come on. So, we got to continue our way through our show. <laughs> so, so, so here's my thing here, man. Um, I hate commenting on what other people do in this space, whether that be interviewers and other podcasters. I hate it because I feel like it doesn't really do anything for us. Um, I think Ariel's a great interviewer. I think he's he's very good mm-hmm. at his job. Um, I was disappointed that he made such a big to do about the Tony interview because, like Will said, yeah, he's not gonna it, once he once he lets you know that he didn't he was gonna give you a no comment on that answer on that question. Move on with your interview. He's too good of an interviewer to to act like he doesn't understand that. Um, Move on with your interview and ask more questions. You you let that derail the interview, and I was disappointed with that uh, because at that point, it 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 didn't become about trying to search for an answer. At that point, it became trying to create this perception of Tony that he didn't want to answer the question. And that's whatever. It's your interview. If that's what you want to do with your interview, it's your, your interview. Um, this whole thing with Tony, I think it's silly. Like most things with Twitter, Twitter. Twitter incentivizes arguing people. That's what it. That's what it does. It mm-hmm. and it, it does this thing with people where people will sit on something where somebody may have done something to you. Let's just say, for example, somebody sniped it at Will, and Will did not respond to it. But Will never forgot that, right? So I'm gonna hold on this into this and pray that you do something stupid months from now so i can come back and snipe on you too because that's what twitter culture does twitter culture incentivizes doing things like this where it's like hey i'm gonna pray for you to have a bad moment so i can get this gotcha moment off on you like hey remember when you get did this to me aha i got you now um and it and i mean if you look at the big stuff it's prime example of that and that's not a knock at bigs but again that's how people behave on twitter i hate it it's dumb (laughs) it's dumb (laughs) And so that's that's how this all looked like I get I get Tony's frustration with him. But who cares, man? <laughs> who cares? Like um, and, 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 and Helwani is the same way responding with that response. And I saw people laughed at it because, again, it's Internet. But Tony making a comment about how you do your job and you making a, a personal jab at him about mm. about with that snowman thing. I didn't like look, that. That I, doesn't that doesn't make you look good. And like I, I said, I, if 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 you, if you think that this if you think this Tony thing made Tony look bad in response to you, I feel like that didn't make Ariel look good either. I don't think anybody really looked good in this, right. honestly. Yeah. It, uh it uh it's a social media beef. Um but yeah, it ended up yeah, uh, somehow but, within five minutes, it became the, the biggest story happening in uh, pretty much the, at least the second biggest story in wrestling right now. And uh, I saw somebody say that, oh, Tony proves that he's watching SmackDown. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> everybody's watching everything. Yeah. yeah. If I told you I knew for a fact that 
one of the top stars in WWE was watching Rampage. Um, it's not a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I do know that, by the way. But uh, that's not a big deal. It, it, people watch stuff. And people draw inspiration from stuff. And uh, you'd be surprised, but wrestlers actually give each other feedback from other mm-hmm. companies and mm-hmm. talk to each other about how things went. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but again, like I said, I just think this was all silly. I saw somebody in our chat say they don't know what snowman meant. Yes, you do. I mean, maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Actually, maybe you don't. Good. Maybe you Hopefully. don't. Hopefully you don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll say that I don't think that is a, uh, responsible comment for, um, like if you're being, if the point being thrown at you is that you're an illegitimate journalist um, or an illegitimate reporter and uh, your response is uh, something that's veiled in a fairly heavy accusation, I think that's irresponsible. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I probably would have avoided that. Yeah, but that's why I'm like I would have avoided the whole thing. Most I would have yeah. I I would have laughed off what Tony said and moved <clears> on. <throat> I wouldn't have responded in that way. And mm-hmm. I do get people that are very anti-Ariel feeling like he started all of this because when you do come out and antagonize an entire fan base and call them freakazoids and you come out and you call it the worst worst interview you've ever done, but then at the same time you're complimenting Triple H, you're complimenting Nick Khan, and then um, you're showing up on SmackDown. And I thought the voiceover thing he did for uh, Elimination Chamber was great, by the way. Um, I think that was really cool. But again, like I said, when you present the perception that you're willing to play ball over there, but at the same time, like I said, you're making this into a negative with that interview, and then, like I said, you're antagonizing a whole fan base, then, yeah, people are going to look for gotcha moments on you. And again, not to say that that's right, but that's what Twitter does. Like you're you're bringing this kind of on yourself when you antagonize people. Yeah, uh, th- I think that's the issue. Again, I feel like go full Ryan Satin. Like if you're gonna do, don't. don't. <laughs> and what I mean by that though is like, well, I mean, I, also I think if you're think gonna that's go really fair to Ariel as well because Ariel is Ariel's work speak for itself. I wouldn't compare Ariel to Ryan Satin. I feel like Ariel's work is better than what I would consider it, what Ryan yeah. does. And that's not a knock at Ryan's work, but I just think that they just do different things. Sure, but if you're doing work in conjunction with a company, it probably is in your best interest to uh, avoid doing things to rile up the other base because they're going to throw things at you that are going to say, well, you don't have, you know, when he is up there saying, um, you know, you can't objectively tell me that AEW programming is better than WWE. WWE is just much better. Right. But then it's like, but also you get a lot of perks from WWE. So it's really Mm -hmm. hard for you to uh, make that exact statement without, because look, I get it, uh, and I don't compare my career to Ariel Helwani's <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. I don't think I'm doing so because we are on way different planes. I recognize that, but I know that for myself, last year I did get a lot of AEW perks. Right, I was on an AEW album, and they let me perform um, at uh, a show alongside Righteous Reg here. Right, like so. 
I know that well, we gotta be in this. <laughs> <laughs> How we get in this? Uh, because because I recognize that uh, people think we're Ariel. No, so I not so much. That. I don't think I, anybody thinks we're Ariel. <laughs> no, but I recognize that. Look, we've got songs in the AEW game. Both of us do, and so obviously when we uh say (laughs) yes fight forever uh coming soon to a console near you uh but i know and that's why i don't ever (laughs) that's why when people are i saw somebody comment on my stuff last week and i didn't say anything when they're like how can you call yourself an unbiased journalist when you're not watching monday night raw because they i posted about the nuggets game and they're like well you're not watching raw right now how can you be unbiased an unbiased journalist and i was like you know what Neither of those are things I've ever called myself. I don't recall ever saying unbiased, and I never recall saying journalist. Uh, See see what my point is about Twitter? Why do you care that this man is watching the Denver Nuggets game? (laughs) Why are you trying to get this gotcha moment off of him? You're not watching Raw, though. You can't really care about wrestling. Why do you care? Whoever said we have to be unbiased, that's the part that I get. Like, I didn't sign a contract with Sean Ross Sapp that's like, you have to be pro blah. I don't have to be shit. I can come on here and bash that show every Look, at week the end of the, I want to. Again, but at the same time, I am that's a very intentional thing. I am not telling anybody that exactly. I am an unbiased journalist. I am not. I am a commentator on pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh and I guess in some ways media personality. I don't know what that actually means, but um <laughs> But no, I have never claimed to be an unbiased journalist because at the end of the day, look, I have a family member that works in one company who used to work in the other company, by the way, for all the people that continually throw that shit at me. But uh, and it is, <laughs> and so I feel like it's best to just like call it like I see it. Like at the end of the day, I think. I would never expect to get an unbiased opinion out of Peter Rosenberg. Because I know that Peter Rosenberg has a working relationship with WWE. He's very happy in that working relationship because it's a dream come true for him. And that's oh, uh, I thought you, I thought you meant about about rap because I know he thought Kendrick was number two on. on <laughs> I, I know he agreed with that. I, I've seen his takes on Kendrick. <laughs> I, I just meant in, from a pro wrestling standpoint. But I think that um, you have to take what comes with that then, because I know that this. I spend a lot of my day talking about pro wrestling these days. Um, and I've been tweeting a lot about WWE as of late. And most of it positive. But you know, the one negative tweet I have in any way is going, you know what it generates every single time. I had all of this. You know what time I, it is, buddy. I was, uh, I started tweeting about Raw, right? And I had. Uh, all of this positive stuff to say I was actually avoiding any negative takes on the show, even though there was stuff I didn't like. But then there was one I just couldn't avoid, and all I put in the tweet was Ali dot dot dot. And the comments were like, well, what about Miro? You don't yeah. seem to have anything to say about, about Miro? Miro. And I'm like, Miro ain't on the show. I don't have to say anything about Miro. This, this, is, what, <laughs> this is what I just described. I can't say about. anything positive or negative. Yeah, about is- the fucking company. And the thing that's uh the thing that separates me from Peter Rosenberg and Ariel Hawani and Will Washington and Phil Lins and all you motherfuckers is I watch one hundred million different wrestling companies. It's just not two wrestling companies in the world for me. There's not they, they think if I dis if I diss WWE that I'm 
pro pro AEW couldn't be more wrong. Most of the time that I'm dissing WWE, I'm comparing them to themselves. I'm comparing them to what they've taught me, to what they conditioned me to, to what they've doing. Beyond that, though, that doesn't even matter anymore. We're fucking watching the shows. We talk about them every week. I tweet if I that's what I was saying the other day. If I was a a AEW shill, I'd be the worst shill in the world because I tweet (laughs) about. I tweet about WWE way more often than I tweet about uh, AEW. And yeah, like, I, even if I, it's I, negative I, tweets, I'm still getting people to fucking, I'm still talking about the show, getting people I, to watch but, it. But see, again, this is why I just think Twitter is nonsense at the moment. I feel like, and I feel like <laughs> well, it's, it's gotten, it's dead. Like, you, I feel like it's gotten worse. Thing. Like, we're, we're out of here. And like, what is that? What is that? Two off. Authorized. Uh, the, the two, the, yeah, two factor yeah, authentication. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, so I, I feel By like the way, gotten, I, I was going to say kind of on the topic of Twitter. Because I saw people saying, you know, somebody who's uh, the top guy of the second biggest wrestling company shouldn't be tweeting uh, all this stuff. You know, that's that's not a good look. And I thought, do you know who owns Twitter? Mm-hmm. Like the richest man in the world. Not a good look. <laughs> not, and, and he be tweeting some weird stuff. Bro. And he be tweeting <laughs> the worst shit. Like tweeting real weird stuff. Uh, like if that's the standard for rich people. And no, I'm talking like, about what billionaires, the things that billionaires do. Let's talk about what the other billionaire has done. Let's I mean, about, well, let's uh, talk about. But it. I mean, without that, that's what kind of led to all this to begin with. <laughs> like, all right, bro. Yeah, well, yeah but I, that's what I'm saying. I just think Twitter is is it's it's over. I just feel like Twitter is now this thing where everybody wow. tries to get gotcha moments off. People just lurk around and pray for somebody's downfall. And it doesn't even have to be somebody's downfall. It could just be some what they think is somebody's downfall. Oh man, you're on SmackDown. It's over for you now. Like you can never call yourself a hard hitting hitting journalist again. It's like it just ain't that serious, man. Like I just I just think people gotta relax. Put your phone down, man. Like stop stop feeling like you gotta catch people in the moment to go. Oh, I got you. This shit don't matter. It doesn't I, matter. It's I, wrestling. I, I I can't help but wonder, by the way, um, what Twitter is going to look like once because it's not implemented yet right but they did say that they're going to start charging businesses a thousand dollars a month um for twitter for business uh Mm -hmm. and then fifty dollars per employee i believe was the uh the cost it's over i know that as a business i would fucking pay that um that's that's a fairly insane cost uh for something that to a business used to be free. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Twitter is operating more and more and more as a business and less as a protocol as, uh, you know, Jack Dorsey was talking about Twitter needs to move toward. Um, and that's what he wants to do with Blue Sky Socials, make it more of a protocol than a, uh, than a business. Um, but Elon Musk sees it the other way of, no, we're going to make money off of just charging everybody who uses it and at some point everybody's going to end up paying twitter not me the <laughs> um i you see you see what my position on twitter i ain't paying for that i'll take them 20 tweets a day or whatever trying shit you're yeah i'll, I'll go for it no i'm good cool. bro. yeah, yeah I, so I'm we good. got no. give me five uh we got a number of super chats um cory says tk versus ariel on uh power slap nobody wants mm-hmm. to see that bro <laughs> Nobody wants to see that, man. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, hold on. I no. The, the only th- this the actually only... kind of blew up the super chat, so uh, we the, we got a lot of them. Go ahead while I 
The right, only the only conclusion that this needs to come to, because I know somebody can make this happen. Rick Ross has been on AEW television. Somebody <laughs> in that company knows knows Jeezy. Jeezy needs to make a cameo <laughs> standing next to Tony Khan at some point. Yes, <laughs> that is the only conclusion to Tony the snowman Khan joke. That snowman. I, I, we need that to happen, man. Get oh, Jeezy man, on AEW really? programming. <laughs> Bear Hudson says, my opinion on TK is that he has a habit of letting personal comments affect him. He blasts Big Swole with no apology. It makes him childish. Um, I don't think he... Uh, I mean, the thing about the Swole thing is that if you ask him, um, and we have, and we asked him... Um, on two occasions, actually, uh, he doesn't feel he was wrong there, and so he doesn't feel he has anything to apologize for. Uh, uh well, the Swole thing is different. I'll say that because mm-hmm. that was I an employee the, of his. Yeah. I think the because he's an employee because she was an employee. I think also the fact that she didn't say anything disrespectful about him. She didn't do anything um, to antagonize him. She just criticized the state of the company. Whether, you know, he agreed with that or they agreed with them or that or not, she didn't really do anything to cause for him to do that. Daryl thing is kind of different because he outright was just like, this is one of the worst interviews I've ever done and all this other stuff. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, let's see. Carlos uh, Candido says, I might be uh, the minority, but I feel TK is so childish with his comments. I've had issue with TK comments since he blasts Swole years ago. That was only a year ago. People, um, yeah, people did not like this world thing. I, I, and I get what you mean that he doesn't think that he was wrong. I do feel like uh, he lost uh, some goodwill with that, and I think that uh, he never really came back out and, even if you don't want to say apologize, I don't feel like he handled it well. I don't feel like he came back and gave anybody a satisfying answer to that. I just hope that everyone that's still so locked into this Big Swole shit supports Big Swole outside of the company. What's the last Big Swole match you've seen? What's the last time you've supported Big Swole? Because that's more important than us trying to harp on this fucking Tony Khan shit. It's over. We're not going back to it. Just support Big Swole from here on out because I'm it's uh, we why do we have to keep bringing it up? Who cares? It's over, dude. Well, I think people bring it up because I do think that it damaged his perception with some people. Um, And I think that that's why some people are bringing it up in a sense that they have looked at him differently since then. Um, You don't have to like this guy. Yeah. He's a fucking he's a millionaire. He's a billionaire. Like, you're not supposed yeah. to like these guys. Who cares? Well, yeah. Man? Just listen, like, you can, if <laughs> if not liking him means you don't want to support his company, that's the snatch you can take. But that's wild. Just like support the wrestlers, like we always say. Yeah. It's the fucking billionaire. He's wild. He shouldn't be tweeting, probably, but that's what billionaires do. Yeah. I agree. But I also agree that, you know, if you guys, um, care this much about Swole, you do need to support her outside yeah, the company. That's all I'm saying. And, and there should be a demand for her to wrestle other places. That's mm-hmm. that's really the thing to help Swole. Um, I, I do, like I said, I am still disappointed with how he handled that situation, but trying to continue to retread is not going to... Because the that. issue doesn't... It, it's never about Swole. It's about Tony Khan. It's not like, we need Swole for this. It's just like, why did Tony well, Khan but, do this? But and that's, that's why where I said the, he, the issues have got completed for me. But, but see, that's why I said that he never really gave a satisfactory answer to the situation. And I, I like I said, whether that be a apology or anything, I feel like he handled it poorly and it was never a thing where we got a satisfying conclusion to he that. He definitely handled it poorly. 
<laughs> G-Bro says uh, Booker T, Sam Roberts, Ariel Hawani. Um, ooh, ooh, putting him in the same vein with Booker and Sam, though. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, it, it is kind of along those same lines. Yeah, but, uh, but see, Booker, again, that's why I'm like, what Ariel does, Ariel is... Ariel is a legitimate like interviewer and he is a legitimate like media guy. Like Booker is a wrestler with a podcast. Like <laughs> like like straight up. That's what he is. Like I mean and I mean like I don't know of anything else Sam does other than the WWE stuff in the wrestling space. So I don't know if I put Ariel in the same category. That's kinda hmm. yikes. <laughs> he's he's there now, he's a shill. He's on the show. He signed a contract. He's probably gonna be on the show tonight too. He probably is gonna be, be upset tonight. about like it's really cool like like that's great like he's a super fan this is a great uh, a great moment for him he shouldn't let anybody try to get him down um he's still gonna be the top MMA journalist he's still gonna be all these things outside of this so yeah look I would have taken all of this in stride and made it into a joke honestly right um but again I I understand that Twitter it's hard when people be attacking you man if I had it, a, a, a it big is, platform it, I'd probably come out and be like fuck y'all niggas too. It is, and that's why, like I said, I believe me, I understand this about Twitter, and that's why, if you noticed, I keep pulling back from it because it does incentivize this tit for tat with people. Mm-hmm. Well, let's read the next one. Man with beard <laughs> says, uh, "Let's not forget the unapproved MJF interview with Hawani was part of what led to the contract standoff." We did get that. Uh, we did get that uh, quote from Tony this week. Uh, um, MJF is hard to work with. Um, that was interesting. Hard to work with. Uh, Alex Ramirez says, Helwani is a Helweenie. <laughs> Look, man. Look. Again, I'm, I, none of this is personal towards him, man. I yeah, yeah, call no, the guy personal. names or anything. No way. Uh <laughs> Rybit666 says, Grab City, Tony Khan tweet supported since 2022. <laughs> I mean, technically, that's who we happened in 2021, December 31st. Let because I was up, I was up late as hell. I looked tired as hell on that episode. Uh, Jake Salazar said, Tony out here acting like Trump on Twitter, and I absolutely love it. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, the those take aren't, you those aren't, well, <laughs> I don't know if you want that out there, Jake. Might wanna, you can always retract that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I just saw the quote that said will is such a dad savings nah we balling out <laughs> nah, man. think about your future you guys <laughs> hey no i i just i mean maybe i told the story but christmas day that room right back there there's actually Ooh. work being done on that room as we speak because i had a fucking pipe burst on yeah. christmas day flood the entire basement and uh Nah, man, that you will never catch me slipping again. Like people I, think, I, just owning a house is just like you pay your little mortgage. There's so many things attached to that. Pay right? your little like, mortgage. You just never you know? know. One one Christmas, your pipe can burst, and shit's crazy. Yeah, and this is how my my days go. So I am at a point where uh, you will, I cannot be caught slipping again. I have to have some kind of nest egg, something that will make sure that I don't end up with egg on my face again. Because it has happened to me before. Right. Um, especially because, like, homeowner's insurance doesn't cover, like, plumbing issues. And that mm-hmm. was, like, technically a plumbing issue. So, uh, let's see. 
Jake Salazar says, Fightful's the only credible and unbiased journalist now. Clown Wani has always been a fraud and a joke to me. Um, I mean, but but look, there's certain guys that don't feel that about us. And I know that uh, there's a big chunk of people that don't like what Fightful does. So I'm, you're allowed to feel however you want. I hate to be Uh, all John Cena about it, about, uh, you know, come and cheer whoever you want. But like, that's honestly how I feel about it. Look, man, I I think there are a lot of guys out here doing great work. Um, You don't have to like anybody in this space. You don't have to like anybody's work. Um, But I, again, I just find this need to try and discredit people because you don't like their work and because you don't like the company that they prefer. It's just weird. Um, Now, again, I, I I get that Arian, Ariel, has kind of antagonized some people and that's why people feel a need to come at him but the guy does good work i don't i don't i don't want to track he does really work. good work yeah Can't well, got, a lot of guys out here that, that do a lot of work good work that i I respect as well. yeah totally it's hard out here yes uh let's see so we got a whole lot of humper chats to get to because i swear this topic lit up the humper chats uh, <laughs> And I, <laughs> why are you laughing, Phil? <laughs> I love we got this one here is from Snowman. It says, uh... <laughs> <laughs> says it's scripted. Says it's scripted programming. Uh, Regardless of what you be, uh, believe, it's a world of make believe. It ain't that serious. I mean, that's how not, I. That's how I feel about this entire really world bad. of shit. Where like, uh, but people do in in any place where there is a uh, a dichotomy. Um, I do feel that people think that there has to be this. The, like the only place I think that needs to exist is in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like. When I see people go, ah, well, they're they don't cover Marvel and in D- in DC properly. They're biased towards Marvel. Who gives a fuck? This is fictional programming. <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. I swear, it doesn't matter. And that's why I'm like, I, if anything, I think everybody involved in this should uh, make a joke out of this and move on. Like I said, yep. get Jeezy on on AEW television, make snowman jokes on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariel should make jokes out of this and move on as well. But don't don't make this a serious thing, mm-hmm. man. It's stupid. I, I think, Phil, uh, from the Grap City account, you should tweet out the uh, Hogan video. <laughs> Dynamite just starts, and all you on hear the, is, on the table. yeah. On the Come on, man. Get Jeezy on, on Dynamite, bro. Immediately. <laughs> and With I the Snowman it. shirt, the old one. Yeah. The one that, that got Yes, bring back, bring back the Jeezy Snowman shirt. <laughs> That's like, yo, this, this needs to happen, bro. AEW mm. <laughs> exclusive. Yep. Colt says that aerial tweet in uh, defamation lawsuits is going to be hilarious with a snowman emoji. <laughs> Yo, there's not going to be a lawsuit out of this, man. I, I mean, he didn't directly say it, so that's yeah, you have to basically take the implication there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But the implication, again, is something I personally wouldn't have made. Uh, let's yeah, see. Cause, cause, well, because the thing about the implication is you'll get people to actually believe that that's true. And exactly. Ariel has too big of a platform. To under to not understand its responsibility when you do that. Right. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, there's people who outright do believe that's true, um, yeah. and that is. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it's yeah. it's one thing if people on joke make the coke jokes. 
Um, you know, whatever. That's just random Twitter accounts. But Ariel is a guy with a platform. Like mm-hmm. when you make that kind of joke, people will believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we got uh, Ronan Mike says Ariel went from interviewing The Undertaker in the UFC pay per view crowd to becoming a staple of the MMA news. The man was blacklisted by Dana White from all future UFC events for leaking the news. To decide to shill out for WWE now is really confusing as a fan. I don't know, man. It's his career choice. Uh, yeah. Does whatever he wants. Um, it is what it is. Um, the rules of pro wrestling are just so different than everything else. Yeah, I mean, it's, so. it's wrestling, man. Um, yeah. Everybody's now, trying to get it how they live, man. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Because this is the exact thing I was saying. We have this one from a user that didn't identify themselves. It says, haven't you guys attended Tony's press scrums while also collecting checks for making music for AEW? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because again, I never said anything about being an unbiased journalist. No one time. What is I mean, that? but also we don't. Never mind. I don't yeah so again uh now again what what about ism sucks man stop doing this bro Mm -hmm. it's it's lame i hate it Mm -hmm. so and and the thing is i did an nxt theme never got used but it's in their library they're welcome to throw it on any one of them nil guys that uh and i would do a theme for any wwe wrestler and i would be in their scrums if they fucking invited us it's not really it's not I mean, I have the, the thing is and that is one of those things where um it's easily attendable by i didn't go to the rumble by choice um i felt i had some regrets afterwards i was like damn i should have um and same with wrestlemania i'm choosing not to be at wrestlemania oh yeah so i totally because, just lied because i i'm not going to be at any other events to be able to go to the scrums afterwards <laughs> like that's the thing is i that that's a choice because i very much could if i wanted to and it's just timing um the all of the events have actually worked out timing wise because nice. for wrestlemania it's just i can't miss my daughter's uh big adam's family play she's been working on it for months and uh, stays late after school to work on this. She's got a singing part. Not going to miss that. I can't. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, and then same with SummerSlam. <laughs> SummerSlam was one of those. Uh, my wife and I were just planning a vacation and we literally booked it. And then I looked at the dates and went, oh, shit, it's, it's the weekend of SummerSlam. I'm going to completely miss it. Uh, <laughs> and so that's. Yeah, I mean, look, if we were if we were invited to do WWE scrums, we would do them. Totally. I don't think it's I don't think it's a matter of all right, well, um, we like AEW programming, so we only do those scrums. Like if we were invited to do WWE scrums, we would do them. It's not a it's not a biased thing here. Mm-mm, no bias. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I case in case in point, a lot of people that you see doing AEW scrums were at the last WWE scrum for Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so like, I mean, I know people think that's a gotcha when they're like, well, you've been paid by AEW. Sure, I've also been paid by Impact. Um, that's, uh, and I, I actually don't ever have uh, fully positive opinions see, on is, a lot of their stuff. But see, this is, the, this is the circle, this is the cycle. Again, when you comment on certain things, I have to get this gotcha moment off of you. You've commented on this, so, oh man, what about you? 
and then you get to having to respond and feeling like you have to defend yourself. No, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and I think that's always weird to me because it's like Eric Bischoff, for example, is like AEW's biggest critic. But that guy is waiting on you to come on, buddy. You're, but you're that always guy welcome has, over here, Eric. <laughs> that guy has also been on the show Dynamite multiple times and paid for it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't get how you can't have an opinion on something just because you've done work for something. Um. Yeah, I, I just think that people conflate issues. I think people, because like I said, whataboutism is such a prevalent debate tactic on an app Fill, filled with people that are terrible at debating, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Um, it, it's just it's it's goofy. It's like they don't know how to debate the actual point you're making, so they just want to go. But what about this over here? That has nothing to do with what we're talking about, though. Um, stay on point. Like debate the point I'm making. Yeah. So uh, let us discuss. A couple of things. Um, I want to. I want to make sure I get everybody's humper chat. I don't want to miss any of the humper chats. So, let me see. Where did we last leave off? You know what's funny about this that I'm now internally laughing at. Somebody that I know pretty well personally just told me, like, <laughs> they were like, "Man, the thing that I admire about you is that you're just a great. You're you're great at arguing with people. Like, you're a master at it." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, but that's." why i don't like arguing i hate arguing with people and twitter has like i said it's incentivized arguing with people and it's it a lot of people that are terrible at arguing mm-hmm. and so it just i i yeah. want to give a shout out to my dude um and we talk fairly often uh but my dude backup hangman mm-hmm. who uh <laughs> shout out to the guy mm-hmm. <laughs> shout out he, to the homie man yeah. i i got a really good belly laugh out of his tweet this week not, but he <laughs> he made a Jericho thing. Yeah, <laughs> that was so good. Honestly, really he good. said cult of personality really good. <laughs> yeah. But not he made a point yesterday when he said the key to winning an online argument is just to look the least gotten to. It exactly. don't matter what you said in the entire thing. Fam. You just have to look the least gotten to. Fam. And Twitter it. does not care about right or wrong. It doesn't care about morals. It doesn't care about who actually made the better point in the argument. It cares about perception. Perception mm-hmm. is king on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Pangman should also come on our show, too. Yeah, I was That's actually thinking of inviting him. But anyway, so uh, let's see. Anwar says, Phil, who are your favorite stardom wrestlers currently in the company? And are we in the era of the backlash to the MCU? Have a dope show, guys. Um, um, favorite you start with star- the first one. Favorite stardom wrestlers at the moment. Um uh, SLK, of course, she's dope. Her interest is dope. Um, high high speed stuff in stardom is always dope. Every time I see it, uh, Asaya Kamatani, Tam Nakano, um, and it's too many. Julia, of course, I feel like Julia is like a legitimate superstar, and she's one of those wrestlers that it's only a matter of time before she signs somewhere in the U.S. and is a major star here. Um, yeah, it's just it's just too many to name. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie. Uh, too many to name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then on the MCU topic, I mean, we are, at the, I, I mentioned this before, that was my big beef with phase four of the MCU 
was that uh, it didn't feel like from the start of phase four that there was a a goal in mind and it now feels like a whole bunch of movies that kind of just exist which is Mm -hmm. in itself kind of interesting because marvel hasn't ever been that the marvel movies were always building to something the phase Mm -hmm. one was all building to that first avengers movie and phase two was all you know and phase three of course building Uh to thanos this sounds familiar as something you just described earlier in the show Uh (laughs) but but hold on though (laughs) phase one wasn't always always building to something it eventually started building to something i think there's a lot of revisionist history when it comes to that I, I disagree. One, I disagree with Hold that. Hold on, let me finish though. Okay, okay. Let me finish though. Phase one started building to something eventually. But it 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 did it, it, it wasn't always building to something. Like if anything, you could say it was building to the Avengers getting together, but I think people that are like, oh well the Thanos thing was always the end game. No, it wasn't. The Thanos thing became the end game after Avengers. But sure, but, but I'm just specifically referring to the fact that phase one from the first movie, the post credit scene is uh, Nick Fury showing up in the first in Iron Man one, going, "How do you feel about the Avengers?" Like that—that that was it. And then the second, uh, Incredible Hulk. Sure enough, same thing. The last scene of the movie is Tony Stark showing up, going, "I want to recruit the Hulk." Like every movie from the first oh, one on. Tim talking to Thunderbolt Ross and and having like a conversation about Hulk. He didn't talk about sure. recruiting him. Enough. So maybe not recruiting him, but you got that. Like there was a. That was the first movie I was ever in with where uh, I felt a pop happen, <laughs> where <laughs> we were in that theater and when Tony Stark showed up in that movie in Incredible Hulk and there have been no hints at that uh, beforehand other than the word Stark appearing in the movie. And when Robert Downey Jr. shows up and the theater I was in like starts hooting and hollering and <laughs> Uh, that was the moment I knew, oh shit, a universe is about to exist. But it was always building to something. And now we've got just these movies that kind of feel like they just exist. And in a sense, that's kind of interesting for the MCU, but also it does feel really disjointed right now. It really does feel like it's hard to keep up with because there's just so much going on right now. And then, of course... What if the homie was actually asking about the Mariah Carey universe and not the... Yeah. Oh, well, then if that's the case... So, so uh, nah, what, right. his, what was his actual question? His question was, <laughs> are we in the era of the backlash to MCU, right? I mean, people mm-hmm. aren't... Like, the thing is, of course, um, Ant-Man, Quantumania is getting, oh, yeah, it's getting trashed. Oh, yeah, yeah it's getting terrible reviews. <laughs> and uh, that's uncharacteristic of Marvel movies because that's rarely happened. Really, it started with the Eternals. Eternals was really the first Marvel movie where it got bad reviews. Um from the outside man. looking in, it really minute, just seems minute, like it's too much. What other Marvel movies got kind of just looking from a Rotten Tomatoes standpoint? What was the first Marvel movie in the MCU with a negative Rotten Tomatoes score? I'm pretty sure it's the Eternals. I don't know about the Rotten Tomatoes score, but in terms of it got a bad response from critics and fans alike was Thor Dark World. Thor Dark World, I think, is sitting at like a 63, right? Like it's still. But that's why I said I don't know about Rotten Tomato. I'm saying the response. From right. It, it was. Fans, it, it, fans it was, did not like it. Fan, it critics was, didn't like it. It was. It, it was. It leaned still mostly positive. It wasn't like overwhelmingly negative. I feel like. It's, it's considered one of the worst Marvel movies. <laughs> it I, is. I mean, I just. I. Again, I'm talking strictly on the thing that is out there averaging critic scores um, at the moment. I'm pretty sure I, Eternals was the first one. I I will say this. Um, 
I'm not a guy that looks at Rotten Tomato scores. I've, I've said many times on this podcast, I, I'm not a numbers guy. I don't look at that stuff. Um, I, if your opinion is that you don't like the movie, you don't like the movie. Um, but I feel like people are now, again, I feel like there's some revisionist history here, man. People that act like, oh, this is doom and gloom because this is the first time that we've seen negative backlash to any Marvel movie. That's just not true. There are people that did not like Marvel movies long before phase four. Um, and I don't even like the, I don't even agree with the idea that phase four doesn't have an overarching theme. It does. I just think that people are not patient enough to let it build. I think people want, want it now because we just came off of a, whatever, 10 year storyline. It needs to happen now. Give me the answer now. Who is the big, who is the big villain? Give it to me now. Um, and it's just wait, be patient. <laughs> like, so uh, I, but again, the, like the reason I'm specifically citing Rotten Tomatoes is because, um, I'm simply looking at the only um, objective measurement of response, which that's, uh, I mean, I suppose Metacritic is one as well, but it, it falls along those same lines. I'm looking at objective measurement of a response to a film. And so, uh, because obviously I'm not saying that Rotten Tomatoes is the gauge of how good or bad a movie is. It's just a measurement of the response to it. And so, um, because I think Rotten Tomatoes has its place. I, I hate how much, uh, the average moviegoer now relies on Rotten Tomatoes. That to me, I think is harming film because I yeah. think that, uh, I, I made, I had a tweet the other day that did pretty well, actually, where I was like, nothing to lose is one of my favorite movies. I quote that movie all the damn time, Freaky Jason, but, uh, that movie is considered a bad movie and it like, it is a bad movie, but also, who fucking cares? You can like bad movies. And I hate that people aren't willing to like bad movies because there's so much to watch now. There's so many mm. options. How and does so this sound familiar? You know how and, sound familiar? Uh -huh. And so when because people... You can like bad wrestling and people are like, oh, but, you know, it, Bray doesn't have five-star matches. <laughs> but, like, the, long... like you can uh, like whatever you want. Um, I don't necessarily like the idea that, like, I get it. I get from a time perspective, there's so much content out there that people don't necessarily feel they have the time to get into something that's not worth their time. So therefore they're going to rely on the rotten tomatoes of the world and everybody's using them right now. Now movie studios over the last 10 years will say this movie has a 75% on rotten tomatoes to make sure to entice people to go see it. You know, when you open up Netflix or open up. Um, Hulu or anything, the Rotten Tomato score will be next to the movie to tell you that this is something you should watch. Um, I don't like that. I, I, I like it as a as a quantitative measurement of response to a movie. That's what it should be, and that's what it's always been. Rotten Tomato's been around for, what, 24 years now. Um, but I don't necessarily like it as, a, as the go-to for anything. That's all. Yeah. Um I guess towards his, his his question, are we in the era of the backlash to MCU? I think um, once you get to the top of anything, the only place you can go is down. And I feel like when you become when you get the peak of popularity, you're only going to drop in popularity from then on. And so, um, I just think that it's in the spot now where it's kind of in to to dislike certain things about the MCU, and that's subjective. That's people's opinion. Um, I don't think any of the movies have been that bad. I, 
I didn't care for Eternals. I don't think it was the worst movie I've ever seen, though. It's certainly not even the worst Marvel movie I've seen. Um, but again, perception trumps everything. And once the perception is that they've fallen off, that's what people are going to run with. Uh, Halabasana says, what's your level of anxiety about the news that Kenny Omega is working on a BTE rap? Love you all. Have a great weekend. And if you guys haven't seen the uh, Kenny Omega interview with Swerve Strickland and um, Montezzi and Ardu Rich Lada um, on Swerve City Podcast, uh, definitely check that out. It was very good. A uh, lot of good insight from Kenny Omega um, on a lot of things. I uh, Did you guys watch it? I, didn't. I haven't seen the whole thing yet. Uh, I One of my favorite discussions he talked about was um, the EVP discussion. I thought that was really, really good where um, he discussed, and, and I really just recommend everybody go watch it, but talking about what all the EVPs brought to the table was very, very interesting because I don't think people really realized what the EVPs did in building the company. But when he talked about how, you know, Kenny was good about um, bringing in, you know, certain Japanese talent because he had those relationships and the Young Bucks were good about bringing in um, other specific talents that, uh, you know, guys he knew from the California scene, guys he knew, guys they knew from the indie scene, um, guys like Christopher Daniels, guys like SCU, all of that stuff that that's what the Young Bucks brought to the table. And then you had Cody and he was like, Cody brought a lot to the table from being the most experienced TV wrestler. And mm -hmm. so there were little things like, not knowing, uh, like needing medical staff and him going, uh, Cody going, oh, I know Doc Sampson, let's call him. Or mm -hmm. like, hey, we need somebody who's gonna help with the tire. Oh, of course, uh, we know the seamstress, right? Like there's little things like that, that um, everybody's ideas were all bringing to the table to help build the company up into something. And, uh, and even little things like music and things like that, that one person may not have a relationship with or have all the resources for, but the other did. And right. all four of them had different resources for building a company. And then, of course, you had Tony Khan as president who was there to basically oversee it all. And to hear that talked about in that way was actually kind of cool. And then also, you know, there's uh, there. I think there's this perception of Kenny that I think uh, the interview will probably help shake that he's. Uh, disconnected from more things than it seems like, but he definitely has his eye on so much in the company. Um, it, it, it's actually it's a very very good interview. And shout out Rich, who uh, I think has one of the biggest eyes for things happening in Japan and things in the history of wrestling in Japan than anybody I know. And if there's nobody, I think that was better to come in and guest host and ask Kenny Omega questions about his career and about the scene in Japan than Rich Lada. It's great stuff. Yeah, um, I haven't watched it yet, but I, I do want to check it out. Um, yep. I did figure Rich would ask some really good questions. Um, it sounds like a good interview. Um, I, at reading over that Super Chat again, I just got the joke that he's making. <laughs> what is your anxiety level <laughs> that he is? Uh, uh, nah, um, that, of course, he's... Uh, making a joke about the report going out that Kenny Omega is being pursued by WWE. Yes. Um, Which is a news topic I wanted to discuss. Uh, I want to keep a, a read a few more of these and then we'll discuss that topic. Um, 
So we got this one from Bob the Builder. It says, uh, overall, out of 10, how would you rate Soraya's AEW run so far? The next couple of months of AEW, or next couple of months in AEW are going to be very interesting. Uh, also, you guys should collab with WrestlePurist. We actually just talked about it. Just said that. That's funny. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, at the moment, I'm sitting at like a two. Uh, and... Um, <laughs> Well, I'm being perfectly honest. I'm not yeah. going to sugarcoat that. I yeah. think that uh, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't worked for me. And uh, I think she needs a breakout performance in order to shake that perception. Um, overall, two is low because I do think that she brought interest there initially. I do think that she did some things initially that were fine. Um, I think the biggest issue here is that um, with the outsider stuff, there needs to be a direction. Like, there needs to be a clear direction of where this is going. Um, it can't be just that they're coming out and doing random things. When they came out and did, like, the spray-painting L on, on, on the Renegades, fine. But then when you, you do it again and you didn't do this weird backstage segment with, uh, uh, who am I drawing a blank that spray-painted L on someone backstage? Uh, Leva Bates. Leva, yeah. Leva yeah. Bates. There you go. Um, you're doing it with Leva, and then you did this that awful fucking spray paint spot in the match this week, and it's just like, <laughs> nah, less is more, man. Less is more. Um, um I, I think, uh, <laughs> I, think this... I think for my rating, I think I am at a four, four out of ten. I don't. I I I guess I want to know what we expected, kind of from. Soraya's whole thing. I think she's accomplishing what she was brought in to do. I don't think I don't think anybody ever thought she was going to be better in ring than any of the top workers in AEW, and I don't think she ever will be. Um, but yeah, there there needs some there needs something to happen with this because just being uh, NWO with the L's is not working for me. It's weird. Uh, L's up for them hitters. And I'd, I'd probably uh, say like a three act. Yeah. Throw the L's yeah. up Two, for three, them and four. <laughs> Now, that said, I've seen a lot of people have great performances with Sky Blue. She's facing Sky Blue this She's Wednesday. Good. Yeah, This Wednesday on Dynamite, it's going to be Soraya versus Sky Blue. And I think that this would be the first real opportunity for her to kind of show what she's made of in this heel role in the singles capacity. Let's see what she does. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think the women's stuff they were on a really good streak after all out where the women's stuff had gotten better and better and better. And I feel like this is like the last few weeks. I haven't enjoyed it as much. I, I really enjoyed it that Ruby got the win on Wednesday, by the way, I thought mm -hmm. she was the right winner for that. I think Ruby has been tremendous since she's been back, but I'm starting not to like how much it doesn't feel like about it's about Jamie as champion. It right. feels like it's about everything else going on around her. And she's kind of getting lost in the sauce with this. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the same thing is kind of happening with Jade, where I don't feel like Jade is on the main show enough. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree with her tweet this week where she said she's ready. She's ready for the big matches. She's ready for the big storylines with like the Brits and those people. And I, I agree at 50 wins. It's time. It's time to move her up. Yeah. Yeah. I think with the the thing with uh, Jamie is they they had some great momentum. She's still one of the most over people on the thing on the the show, 
And I don't want to see her play second fiddle to anyone as the AEW World's Champion, Women's World Champion, because she was dominant. She was killing it. Just keep doing that. Put her in the ring. Like, I want to see her work. Like, I know she's a champion and she shouldn't work as much, but she also should. So yeah. do it. Uh, we got another one from um, Cardar just says, uh, keep Bobby <laughs> far away from Bray. I think that it would be not in the interest of the Hurt Business reunion stuff they're doing. Yeah, no, it definitely has Bray. to be Brock as the one against Bray, not Bobby. Yeah. Um, it, it fits the, the cowboy theme, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Carlos says, as being Latino, I was pissed with Conan's comment. I have no tolerance with those comments. I appreciate you guys doing what you were doing and sending all the love from SF. Thank you, yeah. hey, man. Shout, shout out to Kester. He's doing great work. I, I don't like that people are focusing so much on this Conan stuff. Mm-hmm. Kester's dope. Like, that's what matters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Emo Extremo says, give your savings a little raise on me. Uh, <laughs> I work for Bonds and toured with UO last year. Hilarious dudes. The Jesus uh, boys. <laughs> let's see. We got a another one from... Uh, Atlas Earth, it says. Grapsity, with Vince apparently wanting $9 billion for WWE to be sold, and Marvel and Star Wars were half that with hotter IP, um, doesn't that kind of hint that Vince selling it to the Saudi fund uh, who has that kind of money to throw at WWE? Um, I mean, I-, I think that there was smoke to that fire. I think that uh, they didn't get the people who got that information didn't get it from nowhere. Um, mm-hmm especially considering the ones that have been fairly reliable uh, had that information. Um, It's just, it it obviously was bigger than that because it didn't, um, there's more steps that needed to happen. But I I always think that there was smoke to that fire. Uh, Yeah, $9 billion. This is interesting. I don't see a media company buying it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, there's a lot of talk of, oh, maybe Disney's going to buy it. Maybe um, uh, Comcast. But I think that uh, no one who's buying it wants to take away WWE's revenue stream. And right. WWE's revenue stream is their media rights deals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Comcast doesn't have that. As a matter of fact, Comcast is the majority of WWE's media rights deals. <laughs> um, and so buying it for $9 million and not having that source of income any longer. Like, granted, they don't have that expenditure anymore, but that expenditure, what is Comcast spending on um, WWE in, in those deals? It's uh, over five years. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of like $5 billion, right? Um, is that right? No, it's like $3.5 billion mm. uh, over five years. That... I mean, you know, spending that and so you won't have that expenditure any longer, but you have to spend in one lump sum $9 billion and you don't have their uh, revenue stream any longer. That to me, the numbers don't necessarily add up to that. I can kind of get why on CNBC they were saying, you know, we don't think Comcast and CNBC is owned by Comcast um, Mm -hmm. is in the running for this. so I think it has to kind of be somebody who could still maintain those media rights deals, who can still get a deal with Fox, who can still get a deal with uh, Comcast and still be able to pull in that stream of revenue. Yeah, uh, 
I definitely had the, a different reaction to that report that he's asking for $9 billion. I didn't think about the Saudi stuff at all. I thought this add credence to people that believe he only jumped in to help initiate the sell to help him get back. It was never about the actual sell. Because and that he was never actually going to sell it? Right. Yeah, because if, 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 if that's your asking point, that makes me feel like you're tanking any real interest in the sell. And it almost feels like he's not actually helping, right? It mm -hmm. feels like he's hindering the sell. Right. Um, maybe I'm misreading it, but that was the first thing I thought. Like, boy, it doesn't seem like he's uh, helping this sell happen, man. He's like, I want nine billion. They're like, are you sure? I don't know nine billion. I don't know if we got that for you, buddy. <laughs> That's a lot of uh, Kyle says, sup, fellas. My friend sent me a video of the Sammy reaction from her seats last night. Holy shit. I'm with y'all, though. Sammy's taking this L, but what a moment. And he got the music back. Much love. I mean, the music got me. I that felt was great. That got me in all the feels. I mm -hmm. was like, I was happy. I was happy I to hear it. it. Uh, and yeah, no, exactly what you said. And the crowd singing it, too. He, that moment, the, when he got in the ring and just like for five minutes, just took it in. Like, that was the moment. That, <laughs> that was the moment, you guys. He, he took it in for five minutes. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't like be so sad like, later. <laughs> yeah, I don't like people that are like if he doesn't win the title that this did nothing for Sammy. Of yeah. course it did. Like this no. is this is the most over he's been on the main roster, yes. like by far. By far. I, and honestly, you could argue this is the most ever he's been over ever. Um, yeah, like definitely. oh, then not even argue. This history, it is. No, yeah. This is absolutely the most over he's ever been. Yeah, and it's so, a great yeah, to see. To see him getting his flowers last night and to see how excited people are for him to get a world title match, that should be the goal. Even if That's he loses. The moment. This is this is great. He's having his moment. He's having he's getting the defense he's getting the challenge for a world title in the main event in his hometown. That's not a small like, thing. Nothing's ever gonna beat what happened last night with those fans fucking cheering yeah. him on throwing flowers at his feet and him just taking it all this in is, with the music and the yeah. chant. Like that's that's yeah, once in is, a lifetime. This is legitimately one of the biggest moments of his career. It's absolutely the biggest match of his career. Even if he loses it, you can't take that away from him. Mm -hmm. uh, we got this one from uh, Auntie Collins. She says, I'm behind on the City stream. Wanted to show some support and appreciation for you dudes. Do you think the Elimination Chamber is dulled this year because the Men's Chamber is for a secondary title? All the love. Mm. Um, yes, but also yeah. not so much because it's for a secondary title, but because there is a much bigger thing happening on the show. And yeah. it is, um, like, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't give a shit about the elimination chamber. No. Uh, <laughs> and like, I don't care at all. Event, There's one thing yeah. I care about on this show and mm -hmm. it is, uh, but that's indicative of kind of the problem with, the, uh, that I've been having specifically with SmackDown raw. I get a little bit more out of, but SmackDown this week was another week where, <laughs> I I was happy with the show when I when it was over. I walked out of it going, I was happy when it was over. <laughs> no, no, no. What I mean was when it when it ended. Speaking of which, one of the reasons I was happy it was over is because like guys, 7 p.m. Eastern Rampage has to be the move. That shit, I love it. You like it. I love like it. Yeah. I love mm -hmm. it on earlier. I know for you Californians 4 p.m. is probably too early, but for me, not really. I will absolutely take Rampage on 
And it comes on. Sometimes I want to hit the bar and I'm like, let me watch Rampage so I can do my homework before Rhapsody in the morning. So I actually would like it at 4 p.m. too. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, I love this time so much more. Um, so that was a reason I was happy when SmackDown was over. I'm like, that's it. No more wrestling for the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is great. <laughs> but um, as far as SmackDown is concerned, when the show was over, I was ultimately like, that was a good, feel-good ending. I liked that. And then I remembered. So what was my, if you asked me to rate SmackDown overall out of 10, I still would have said like a six. Mm. And uh, why is that? Because that was the only thing on the show I cared about. Right. Um, I did what? not. You didn't care about the the return of Ronda Rousey and her tag team with Shayna Baszler? I mean, I like I care about the existence of it, but her, mm. uh, but the two of them facing Shotzi and Italia. No, I didn't get anything out of that. Nothing. Um, um, I, other than Sh- Shotzi and Ronda trying to do that same spot again. Do it again. It looked much better this time. <laughs> it looked it way better. better this time. Yeah, it looked it way did better feel like it did feel like Ronda doing a here, damn, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I did it right. Leave me alone. Look, <laughs> delete that other video. There's this one now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was. Like, I didn't care about that. Um, and even, like, Viking Raiders versus uh, the the Banger Bros. Like, it was a good match, but, like, I didn't care. Uh, and Madcap Moss versus uh, Gunther. Ah, uh, man. Am I supposed to like Madcap Moss? Because, like, yes. that backstage segment with him and uh, Emma made them extremely unlikable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to cheer Gunther here. Is that what's supposed to happen? Because no, it's definitely not. <laughs> yeah, supposed to be on that side. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't really understand the direction of Emma now. Like, is Emma just a valet now? Like, what mm-hmm. what are they doing? Like, is she just there to support Moss? Because um, she's a wrestler. She so, yeah, I I don't get it. Um, but yeah, I agree. There were a lot of things on SmackDown last night that I just couldn't be bothered to care about. Uh, but that, but the it, the thing is, right now it is a one storyline company yeah. because well, I was still SmackDown. really yeah, well, mostly SmackDown because when it was over, I was still like hell yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's the thing I was thinking about the whole show. I'm like, and that's how I've been feeling these last few weeks coming out of the Royal Rumble. Um, I'm like, hey, I know there's other stuff happening on the show. I don't care. Get me to the Bloodline stuff. With right. this, I'm like, get me to Sami Zayn. That's all I care about. Uh, there's nothing else you could tell me on this show. And that was the thing we talked about at the beginning of the show, right? Where, like, I don't even know what a ma- matches were announced beforehand. When I started SmackDown, I'm like, Sami Zayn, hometown. This is all I care about. This is what I'm here to watch. I can switch my brain between the two. Like, uh, between the idea of I'm watching for the card or I'm watching for this storyline. And, like, when I watch SmackDown, I'm watching for this card, and that's what I want to see. When I'm watching rampage or dynamite it is i'm watching for the card uh and that that was it i don't i honestly if i didn't have the memory i have i probably wouldn't have remembered anything that happened on that card (laughs) yeah uh i i I will say if if this is to build up ronda and Shayna as a tag team i will say that i did think it served its purpose because i did think that they actually wrestled well as a tag team um, and that just shows how good Shayna is as a tag team wrestler. She is a two-time uh, WWE tag team champion. Um, and I kind of felt Shayna last week. I was kind of mad when 
Natalia called her a low with Ronda Rousey because she's better at everything than mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey. Every, like right. she is. She's a better talker. She's a better in ring worker. No, she is not a low rent Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, they're supposed to be getting the tag title shot at WrestleMania. It's supposed to be Shayna and Ronda versus uh, Damage Control, which Dakota are Shayna and Ronda supposed to be baby faces here? I guess. Basically, I don't know, but they <laughs> did act like baby faces yeah. in this match. I know, so right? Because no. no, I don't know. I, who knows? Yeah, those. Ronda those did titles. take some good bumps last night in that match. Like she looked a little bit yeah, extra I, motivated in that. I thought so that match looked. Match. I thought that match was a, a big upgrade from what we've seen from Ronda in a mm-hmm. while, and I think it also helped that it seems like she's motivated to be working with a friend. Right. And I, I definitely had the thought last night. I was like, man, if Ronda and Shayna win the titles. Is Ronda and Shayna versus Becky and Charlotte the closest we're going to get to the Horsewomen feud that we never got? Becky and Charlotte are not going to team. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying. I'm just thinking. Thank you. I think that's the closest we're going to get to it if we get it. Well, let's talk about the Elimination Chamber card because we've got uh, five matches happening tonight. Mm -hmm. Not a very long card, uh, but Elimination Chambers tend to run fairly long. Um, except for uh, the Women's Elimination Chamber from 2020, which uh, was the one where um, Shayna squashed everybody, mm-hmm. uh, hated which it. hated it. That was, you know, what's funny is I had that idea for years, but you also have to do it in a way where like it's over. And I remember the crowd not reacting to anything happening there, and I was like, oh, this shit's DOA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt bad about that because. Um, I, I wanted to like it, you know, she was coming in fresh off of a huge NXT run and then she comes in and squashes everybody and the crowd's giving her nothing. And that was one of my first indicators that things that are over in NXT doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be over on the main roster. Yep. And that was exactly no, what happened I there. Mean, they booked Shayna poorly. But I mean, her. she came in and I think they, they didn't even bother to like do a reintroduction. They were like, Hey, she's coming in straight off of. Uh, one of the biggest runs that's ever been had in NXT. Yeah. But nobody cared. And what it, what it was is she should have won the Rumble that year. Right. Um, I mean, in hindsight, not committing to it. I, I don't know, because she's not I there think that, Rumble. I still think they need to move this pay-per-view. I, I, I saw a lot of people complaints about there shouldn't there shouldn't be a world title elimination chamber match because it comes right after the Royal Rumble. We'll move this pay per view because I think the world title should be featured in the elimination chamber every single time. I, I think agree. that just it just adds stakes to it. It just makes it. That's why this one's like nobody's really like if Roman was in there, people would be like, oh shit, we're about to see this. There has like, been exactly one time I thought the elimination chamber not being or being uh, post. Royal Rumble pre-WrestleMania made sense. Mm-hmm. And that was 2008, the first year they did it. Because yeah. there was at least a storyline reason, which was that John Cena, the Royal Rumble winner, gave up his WrestleMania shot. And so general manager William Regal at the time declared, well, if we don't have a contender for WrestleMania, we have to find a new way to crown one. So then here's, so here's the Elimination right. Chamber. It was to replace the contendership for mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble because Cena gave his up. 
Um, now it's just the February pay per view. Now like, then, it changes everything. Yeah, yeah, and then the following year was like, okay, this doesn't make any sense because these were all guys who already had their shot in the Rumble and lost, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now got another shot at the title. That doesn't right, work. That doesn't. I make will sense. say another example: uh, Kofi Mania wouldn't be Kofi Mania without true. the Elimination Chamber. Where it that's was. true. Because true. you don't get the gauntlet that he wanted <clears throat> to get the Elimination Chamber match. You don't get his performance in it. You also don't get that great picture of him sitting outside the chamber with New Day. Kofi Mania needs that chamber match. It, the it one a, with uh, uh, Santino, too. The one that Santino yeah. was almost on. Uh, but again, good. like the, 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 the issue still is... This is still the same thing. It's like they, they shouldn't be getting a title shot after the right. Royal Rumble. It's so. more so, it's just the idea that if you lost the Royal Rumble, you fucking lost. That's right. it. There, right. there isn't another path to WrestleMania. Um, that's it. That's also why I hate there being two titles because I hate the idea that yeah, you lost the Rumble, but here's another opportunity for you to right. still get another championship. Mm-hmm. I think the Rumble needs to be kind of a clear shot of you lost here, there, fuck there, it, you're, you're out. There, there are no real world title matches on this card other than the main event. The, the women have no title matches other than the well, chamber match. The chamber matches mm-hmm. and the title match. So there's yeah. no title matches, which, by the way, I thought the main event of Raw made no sense this week. It should have just been a title match for the paper. That was silly. What was I, that? I don't understand the purpose of that. That was very weird. Um, the match also wasn't any good, and I was yeah, very was surprised at that for the, level, for the level of competitors that were in that match. I was very surprised. Because I, I thought to myself, hey, this is going to be a great way to remind us with three women who aren't on the pay-per-view to remind us of how good they are. And I was looking forward to it. I'd and love- it was just dumb. Like, are you guys going to add another pod to the Elimination Chamber? Like, what <laughs> but they've done it before. They've, they've done it before because they did yeah. a seven-person Elimination Chamber where they started with three in the oh, ring. Oh, okay, okay. And then, uh, yeah. and then you okay, just open okay. the pod yeah, from uh, there. Uh, my man resp- uh, explained that when he announced the match, that they were just going to start with a triple threat in the ring. Gotcha. I didn't. Yeah. Um, and they, they did that before with the seven-man. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so on the card, we have for the United States Championship, the Men's Elimination Chamber, we will see Austin Theory defending the title against Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. Who, what in the crowd, who cares about any of these people, honestly? Uh, I care about Montez and, and Seth Rollins, um, but but I, I think, get what Reg is asking. You know what I mean? Probably. Like uh, Rollins, yeah, but like Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, like though Bronson and Gargano are not over in any way, shape, or form, and that's water. Yeah, um, they they need a massive reboot. Um, yeah. Damian Priest is at least over mm-hmm. from the uh, he's over from the judgment. Day. The, ju- the judgment day is over. Yeah. Um, Montez, I think. Montez is not as over as he should be. I think th- I wish there was a bigger push from the fans to want to see him in solo action. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they are like watching Raw this week. You could kind of get the sense, you know, the Street Profits, the way they lost to Judgment Day. Um, I kind of got the sense that they are leaning toward uh, a split between them, and they made sure that Angelo Dawkins was the one pinned. So you kind of have a reason to turn both of them, whether I you turn he, Montez. Could... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say, I think if he gets the 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 long, like if he starts the match and like runs the gauntlet, like people will, by the end of the match, people will be really into Montez. Like that'll be the thing of like, oh, that was the star making performance of Montez. It's time to get him away from. Yeah. That's so funny that like a year or two ago, I was like, don't sp- uh, split up the street profits. That's so stupid. That's so dumb. But now I'm like, split these people up, dude. What's going on? <laughs> um, I I actually disagree that Priest is over. Like I think that yeah. I think that. Judgment Day as an act is over. I think Rhea is over. I think Dom is is not over, but 
he's doing Dom his is best. Very, he's doing his best character work there. Yeah. I think Priest is in an act that's over, but I don't think that makes him over as a singles wrestler. Right. Um, I nobody believes he's gonna win. No, I, I think uh, I think Theory's retaining here. Um, yeah. I, if Theory doesn't retain, I could see. But also, I don't know. They're doing the Cena match. There wouldn't really make sense for him to be the champ. Right? Yeah, I don't know. But if Theory doesn't retain, I can see Gargano as like a second guess. Gargano makes a lot of sense because Gargano can make the open challenge stuff work. Um, and yeah. I really think that's what they should be doing with him. He's a good wrestler. Let him wrestle. You don't need you don't need to hack to to tack a character on him and make him funny. Just let him wrestle. That's what he's good at. This. Nickname is Johnny Wrestling. Let <laughs> the guy wrestle. Uh, you know what I am worried about, though? I do feel like, and granted, one of those is a personal opinion, and I grant, <laughs> I get it's not a full thing. But uh, so Cena's about to face Austin Theory uh, at WrestleMania. And Cena, for the most part, has spent the majority of the WrestleMania 30s um, in the matches he's had, having them with kind of more up-and-comers and less about the establishment. Like in the 20s, mm-hmm. Cena was having matches with um, Triple H and... Uh, the Rock and yeah, yeah, you know the mm-hmm. establishment guys, and they started working with more up and comers, which has been a bit of a kiss of death when you think about like he had a match WrestleMania 30 was with Bray Wyatt. Um, I don't think Bray Wyatt's done anything entertaining since, but obviously that's a, uh, a yeah, matter Bray of opinion. Also, well, are are you talking about the Funhouse match? No, I'm talking about the the first one. Yeah, um, Bray lost that match though. Yeah, <laughs> but also <laughs> supposed to put him over. Mm-hmm. Rusev was getting like massively over, and I feel like Rusev. that Cena stuff was a, basically a train that derailed yeah, uh, his act. Rusev lost as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then who did Cena face at 33? Miz. I mean, Miz has been kind of a, a gag wrestler since. Um, and I mean, didn't he have a good IC title reign he after had, that? He had a, the IC title reign after yeah. that. That's right. Uh, he, had, he was IC champion beforehand. That was the real one that. Um, yeah. Did really well, and then he was IC champion again after that. And then, really, it was uh, the Shane McMahon stuff that really put yeah. Miz in a blender. Yeah, I, that <laughs> was really what that was what really hurt Miz with the Shane stuff. And then Miz's dad face. was there and everything. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what and a then, weird time, man. And then I think Cena didn't really face him at WrestleMania, but it was uh, Cena and Elias, and like Elias feels like an anchor act as well something is not working with him he you're, feels you're not you're not ready for uh elias versus boogs oh my god <laughs> boogs is Yo. another one that oh i saw god. him on raw this week and i just went dead on arrival Ow. um i god, man i think the original eye couple man they're gonna they're gonna feud <laughs> and then they're gonna end up attacking watch wow <laughs> watch yeah, you know i'm right <laughs> Boogs feels dead on arrival. The one thing he has going for him is that, you know, he does the lift and the crowd is into that. But, like, as far as an act, people can sink their teeth into. That's a a 1980s ass act. Yeah, he looks very 80s uh, and not in a good way. Not in a good way. No. Mm -mm. Uh, As far as the winner is concerned, yeah, I think Austin Theory retains. Yeah, I think Theory's going to take this. Uh, We also have. In a mixed tag match, Edge and Beth Phoenix will take on the Judgment Days, Finn Balor and Rhea. This has been going on for five, at minimum five years, it feels like, at this point. <laughs> like, how are they still doing this? They haven't had I this mean, blow-off match yet? No, the blow-off is WrestleMania Hell in a Cell, uh, Edge versus Finn Balor. 
Okay, so I'm listen. Not mad at it. A- after watching Raw this week, I never want to hear anyone say Grit Couple again. The way that they <laughs> kept repeating Grit Couple the entire night and trying to get you to like this nickname. I feel like it was a clever thing somebody came up it was, with at some point. And they were like, yeah, that's clever. It's because they're feuding with Miz and Maurice. And so that was right. So, yeah, it was it was clever then. And people just have run it into the ground because that's what this company does with a lot of things that are clever. And I'm just like, please, just it's okay. I get it. They're the great couple. We don't need to say it constantly throughout the entire show. Um, (sighs) I think I think uh, Judgment Day wins this one. And then I think they they need to win this. I, I, I have said many times, I feel like. Judgment Day is better when they're away from Edge. I feel like they yes. need to beat him once and for all and move on. Um, well, Rhea also can't afford the loss to. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Right I don't really understand why she's in this position before her big match. Like they yeah. maybe yeah. should have done this after. Um, for the shot at the Raw Women's Title at WrestleMania, it's going to be a an elimination chamber match, seeing Oscar, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, and Carmella. This is Oscar's match to win. Oscar Oscar loses this match. We riot. Uh, (laughs) Oscar versus Bianca at WrestleMania should be the way to go. Yeah. uh, I don't know who's going to hold this women's match together. I'm very nervous about what's going to be happening in there. Yeah. The best best wrestler in that match. I think Mm -hmm. Oscar and Nikki Cross could probably hold it together. Raquel probably could. I don't know. We'll see. It it could end up being a good match. Um, But... I'm, the, I'm definitely more excited about that chamber match than a men's chamber match. But yeah, let's more, go, Asuka. This is kind of a two-match show, and neither of them are chamber matches because mm-hmm. the marquee matches are Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar uh, the third time. Uh, Bobby won the first one via some bullshit, um, and Brock won the second one kind of bullshitty. So let's get a diff- – <laughs> so they are one and one. Uh, Man, we were get... there for Brock versus Bobby one. I forgot uh-huh. that. Yeah. Let's get a definitive L for Bobby Lashley so we know that <laughs> Brock Lesnar is superior in Black History Month. Yeah, we got it. Now I got it. Bobby Bobby is going to, to, to win this match and get the door prize of wrestling Bray Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner. That's what's about uh, to happen. Bobby's winning this match. Uh, the lights going out as soon as the match is over uh, and the Uncle Howdy stare down uh, is going to be something. Yeah, and I mean, Bobby Bobby tweeted after that segment as well. Yeah, I think Bobby's going to win this match. You think Bobby's winning? Yeah. Over Brock? Uh, yes. I think Bobby's oh. going to win. I think Brock is going to make short, not short work of him, but Brock matches are fairly short anyway. So I think He's that. make some work of him for sure. I, I mm. think Brock is taking this one. Yeah, I think the whole, the whole him calling out Bobby or Brock, Brock is a red herring because i don't see that being his wrestlemania match um but i think like i said i think bobby's gonna win this i feel like bobby has to win this because the the story that they've told from day one <laughs> it makes no sense for brock to win this feud like why set this all up to get to this rubber match elimination chamber and brock just wins it's brock lesnar that's why so it's brock, i know yeah. but like <laughs> i said maybe maybe you're right but i don't no sense <laughs> Maybe you're right, but I think that uh, it's Brock Lesnar treatment because because the story I feel like is happening is there's been this hurt business reunion happening behind the scenes and Bobby has been continually turning it down. But the rest of them are now seeing success in this reunion. And I think the story is going to end up being that Bobby loses here and realizes 
that he needs he them. Needs them. Oh, good story yeah. to tell. Yeah, I forgot about that part. But again, <laughs> but when you're just looking at their story, Bobby and Brock's, it makes no sense for him to lose here because uh, the first match he won because of interference. Um, and then the second time they had their match at Elimination Chamber a year ago, he didn't get out of his pod because he got hurt. And oh, then, yeah. Then you get to the Crown Jewel match where he He's really had. still in the match from last year, ain't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like Rey Mysterio is still in Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then when you get to the Crown Jewel match, um, he had that match won, but uh, Bobby just rolled over and pinned him, and he won the Adachi finish. So I feel like the, the rubber match should be that Bobby comes out on top and finally beats him. Should be but, Bob. No, what do you guys think not. about this uh, Mellow rumor? You guys think, well, how do you feel didn't, about didn't Mello? He say it's wrong? Didn't he say that wasn't he, happening? Yeah. Yeah, of course, but uh of course. But that's the that. thing I mean, is a lot that. of guys don't know what's <laughs> happening in creative. Like that's the thing is they receive their creative and they go with it. Um mm-hmm. you know, that because uh, I've seen people say that, well, if the wrestler isn't confirming this and it's not being talked about, that's not exactly how it always goes. Not Sometimes creative has these discussions before ever involving the wrestler in it. Sometimes a wrestler's in Will Washington's DM being like, Is this true? <laughs> You're like, right. dude, you work for the company. You tell me. Speaking of uh, wrestlers getting mad at, at the dirt sheets this week, did you guys see Karrion Cross getting mad at Cultaholic? That... No, no, what happened? <laughs> what are you mad about? Because the quote that said he's not happy. The quote that oh. came out that he was not happy. I guess Cultaholic made it into a graphic with, like, he's not happy. And he was like, yeah, clickbait. And I'm just like, yeah, but you said that, though. Like, this <laughs> is a direct quote. It's a direct quote. <laughs> Clickbait. You can't. You well, I don't can't think do that's that. how that works. It's a direct quote, bro. Sorry that I died laughing. That's that's clickbait. I think you said this though. I don't think that's how that works. Maybe maybe he was upset that he felt it was out of context, and you know it's different than you know you seeing a headline and you just seeing the direct quote and somebody maybe you know one of your superiors saw that and he's like, "Dang, take that down. Like, get me in trouble." <laughs> Uh, and finally, for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, mm-hmm. it will be Roman Reigns defending the title against Montreal's own Sammy Mother Effing Zane. What's the finish? Jay, uh, Jay super kicks Sammy? No, I think Roman beats him clean. Think I that? think that's how that happens. Mm-hmm. I think Spear one, two, three. And mm-hmm. then I think after the match is over, Roman then six the bloodline, specifically solo on Sammy. Solo. Jay comes out. <laughs> Jay comes out like he's gonna stop him. Solo. And then he turns around oh, and man. starts stomping him. The bloodline starts to destroy him. Kevin Owens' music hits, massive mm-hmm. pop, he clears the ring. Sammy kind of stumbles to his feet. They look at each other and they hug. And then the big pop and they send the fans home happy with those two. So fans Embrace. are still happy. Um yes. I think I think Jay's gonna cost him the match. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna lose clean. I think Jay's gonna cost him the match. And the only reason I could see for, for him to lose clean is that they want to stomp out the idea that this could be a triple threat because some people are that's still rolling around. I, that's this why idea. I think he's going to beat him. That's mm-hmm. why I think he's just going to beat him. Threat, which this right. triple threat is not happening, guys. Stop no. saying that. It's going to be a one on one match. And we don't um, even want that anyway. I, I, nobody uh, wants to see Roman lose the titles finally in a triple threat. No. Um, so, uh, but I don't know, man. I, Jay is going to come into play some way. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how, 
Um, but like I said, I my guess is he's going to cost him the, the match. Um, but I could see him losing clean as well. Yeah, I I think they're going to remove all doubt. I think that um, this is it. Yeah, yeah. I think that Roman just beats him. And then you're going to still want come up in for Sami Zayn, but it's going to be with Jay and not Roman Reigns. You give him the uh, Noku. You just <laughs> lose. <laughs> you tap out. <laughs> Should and, be good. Good show. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a great night of professional wrestling because we also have Battle in the Valley happening tonight. Reg, you're going to be there. Whoop, whoop. I'm excited to drive down to San Jose. Yeah, I was out at that little press conference last night. Uh, New Japan wasted my time as fuck. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> I don't know why anybody was there. They didn't let anybody talk. As soon as we get there and then Emily starts hey, talking, on, she's like, yeah. Ambience. No questions and no interviews. I'm like, well, what are we doing here then? But uh, it, it's it's you know New Japan New Japan kayfabe. It's great to see <laughs> Okada like right there, Tanahashi right there, Mercedes right there. So it was yeah, still we, fun. We've got some uh, big matches. This uh, main card is going to have uh, eight matches, and we, uh, we're going to see Fred Rosser uh, defending the Strong Openweight Championship against Kenta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll also see. The strong openweight tag championships defended Motor City Machine Guns taking on West Coast Wrecking Crew. Big deal. In uh, a big, big deal match, loser leaves New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, it's going to be Jay White going one-on-one with Eddie Kingston. What's going to happen there? I thought uh, I thought that was the, the best thing from the press conference was uh, yeah. Eddie running Definitely. down everything he knew about uh new japan's history and going no 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 this means more to me than it means to jay and i feel like that's pretty much the story it's really the story from both matches um his loser leaves japan match and this match is that you've got guys that are kind of new to the new japan ecosystem and they want it more and jay's on his way out and they're just like nah he doesn't care about this anymore mm-hmm. and so i i think jay is absolutely taking his loss yeah and he yes. is heading off to 1, the fed or wherever he goes Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, so. In the filthy rules fight, Tom Lawler takes on Homicide. Mm-hmm. Homicide uh, and Eddie good. Kingston, same show. Yeah, good shit. Uh, we've got for the New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Championship, Zack Saber Jr. defending the title against Clark Connors. Clark Connors always delivers in ways where you don't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always expect to not give a shit about a Clark Connors match, and then I come away from it like, nah, Clark Connors is that guy. He was uh, yeah. he was one of the bright spots from Forbidden Door. Everybody was like, who? And then he came out and he knocked it out the park. And yeah. Zack Saber Jr., you know what's up with that? You know what's nah, up with he's about he's to, he's building. about to fold you up, but mm-hmm. he's about to get you up out of here. For the yeah. IWGP Women's Championship, Kyrie defends the title against Mercedes Monet. Monet. The nine nine months since uh, Mercedes has been inside of a ring. This is the first time we see her as a real wrestler, not in a WWE ring. This is a huge deal. Monumental night going down tonight. So excited to be there live. But in the main event. So is that the main event? Because I I was about to say I was about to give the main event uh, next. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say in the main event on U.S. soil. We are going to see Kazuchika Okada mm-hmm. defend the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, yeah, Okada's winning here. Yeah, definitely. Tanahashi, <laughs> old man Tanahashi away. This is uh, just a, a good, a great little moment. Swan Song, New Japan. Uh, great way to kind of 
reestablish themselves with the new format of Strong What's Going On, having one yeah. of the greatest rivalries in New Japan history as the uh, the main yeah. event. So there, there is some great history here because, um, as I pointed out last week with New Beginnings, Tanahashi said that he's the same age that uh, Keiji Muto was the year that he passed the torch to him, and he mm-hmm. felt like he still got something left. He still can be champion again. And so I do like the story behind Tanahashi trying to make his climb back to the top of the company, but Okada is definitely going to beat him. Yeah. This uh, is only purchasable via fight, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not a New Japan world. No. Yeah. Uh, most of the American shows are on fight. You got to write Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and shout out, for, shout out to Mercedes because this is the first time I have been offered the chance to cover a New Japan show for Bleacher Report which I'm super excited about. If yes. you guys know me, I am a big New Japan guy. Yep. And so I'm like, yes, not having not not having to write WWE stuff for this weekend. <laughs> not saying I don't want to cover Elimination Chamber because I am covering both. But, yeah. but man, every time there's a New Japan event, I'm just like, man, y'all can't slide me something? <laughs> Let your play in there. Yes. Um, so I'm super excited about being able to cover New Japan. Yes. Well, on the final topic, speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but we haven't talked about the full story. Fightful Select had a story yesterday um, reporting on Kenny Omega's contract situation and like the fact it. that WWE is Mm-mm. after him. I don't like uh, it. So Kenny Omega, of course, signed his contract um, first week of February of 2019. Signed a four-year deal. Um, and if I remember correctly, I don't think there was an option on his deal. Uh, but... As far as the timing is concerned, there is the belief uh, that he will have time added to his contract due to having missed nearly a year uh, if due to his injury. Mm-hmm. Um, WWE, on the other hand, is of the belief that they can get him. Uh, and I'm very interested in what that actually means what does that mean the the timing is very very funny the timing of the jericho tweet coming out (laughs) and this coming out at the same time um, Uh if you're if you're an elite fan you gotta be a little bit worried Um, yes uh, and uh, not to say that there's any any real traction to this and that that means him and the bucks are possibly leaving but the perception does look kind of crazy. The optic of it does look wild. Um, (laughs) Especially because WWE, as we've talked about this whole show, can't afford it. They could get that. They're like all the money you fucking want. You can have it. They could say that they could promise him all the things we see it with Cody. Look, Cody's got like, like his check mark of things are being checked every single time he's on camera. Like he's made it very enticing to go over there. So I I can't, I think it's a matter of if this is something that Kenny wants. And Kenny has made right. it very clear for a while that he doesn't want to be there. Yes. Um, if if that's changed, I don't know why it would have changed. Because to me, uh, we've just seen, if if again, if you watch the, uh, the small documentary and you saw that brief exchange between uh, Mercedes and Kenny, um, people were like, oh, my God, they're in the same place. That wasn't what I paid attention to. I looked at how happy Kenny Omega looked. Kenny wants to go back to New Japan. I don't well, care what anybody says. There's yeah. an energy there. He mm-hmm. wants to wrestle for New Japan. Right. Well, so I think that, uh, again, this is coming after, because this story specifically is a lot of things it talks about. Uh, and, and the main deal that Sean reported here was that um, that Kenny has maintained a positive relationship with WWE. Um 
and that uh, he that WWE is, is believing that they can pull this off and they can make it happen. Um, that Dave Meltzer also reported yesterday that WWE has kind of been told to they have made a signing a high priority and some yeah. are believing that these are the same story that Kenny is the high priority signing for WWE that they believe they can get Kenny Omega over so there that it's a big deal this this is the, this is the same report that was saying that um he didn't know if that Jay White was a priority they had a bigger star that was a higher mm-hmm. priority right? right yeah and that's um, Kenny Omega is the belief so that that would make sense but it would now the question it, it's it's a matter of what Kenny wants. When I listened to Kenny in that Swerve City podcast interview, mm-hmm. um, I gathered a few things. Which was only recorded like a week or so ago. It's not like yeah. even a super old content, right? Right. Yeah. So there's a few things I gathered out of that. Um, I can tell his heart is in New Japan, specifically in Japan as a whole. But I don't know that his body is. Because one of the things he talked about was that um, leaving New Japan, he said probably added like 10 more years to my career because <laughs> he was like working at the level I was working at in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I definitely felt like, you know, I was going to have to call it sh- uh, a short career. He took another two off in January with Osprey for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so he, he talked about that, that, uh, you know, working American TV wrestling probably added some years back. Um, but on the other side of that, you also hear him talk about, uh, you know, he ha- he talks about it with the sense of fondness. Um, but also the thing that I think is uh, is a little bit interesting, and this is what I'm curious about as far as a desire to go to WWE, is that you can still tell that there is uh, some heart in him a piece of his heart that is into making the show happen. You know, he talked about the trio stuff and he doesn't seem to see it the way a lot of fans do where fans are like, oh, Kenny's being wasted on this trios thing. Um, Kenny saw it more as adding variety to the show. He feels right. like we're doing something different that's nothing like anything else on the show. And so I you agree. can tell he's still approaching it in his head from the idea of I'm helping make a show. Mm-hmm. You know, when he gave that speech after his return, um back in august uh to the fans where he said that in aew we're here to give you a cornucopia of things you know um there's something for everybody on our show whether you like this type of wrestling or this type of wrestling and we're just here to do something different um with with the trio stuff and uh so i think it's 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 kind of a different thing than like cody was pitching because cody was doing that in aew right but he's like i want to be wwe champion and like that's my end goal. And Kenny Omega is more like, I'll be champion, but I also want to help out with every single thing and add a different element than just being like he doesn't want to just go to WWE as Kenny Omega the wrestler. And I think that's kind of what happened to Cody. Is Cody just came over as Cody Rhodes the wrestler, not like Cody yeah. Rhodes. Well, the, Cody the, told you he didn't want to be in medicine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so that right. and so that it's one of those things. Is that what Kenny's willing to give up? Is that what he wants to give up? Mm-hmm. Because he also talks uh, with some extreme fondness. For like, you guys have to watch the interview. Like the way he's talking yeah. about um, bringing Joshi talent over. The way he talked about, uh, you know, we brought in um, and how proud of the Joshi talent he is. The mm-hmm. it, the way he talks about Riho and one um, how Rio's much coming th- back soon. By the way, yeah, Very next week. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, the way he talks about his fondness for what she brings to the table and his disgust for how certain fans have, have treated her. And uh, I can tell he feels very strongly about that side of things because he's like, you know, the idea that, um, you know, people see her as a, a schoolgirl and things like that when, whereas they would have no problem with somebody like Rey Mysterio who's facing bigger talent and is much smaller than the rest of them. And that's what he was always hoping that Riho was going to bring to the table, but people just can't seem to to wrap their heads around that. The AEW fan base does, but the, the people who are the biggest critics of it um, bring issues and yeah, talked about I, the I racism, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something he's still a big fighter and advocate for. And so I don't know. It all depends because, you know, the thing that WWE can and will offer him, of course, is um, probably some pretty big star treatment. They will probably bring him in looking like AJ Styles. Is that what he's after? I don't know. He doesn't seem to be all that into the idea of himself as this this star. Whereas, like, I, I could see that Cody very much still had that drive in him. Um, right. I don't know. I don't know what... Uh, but WWE believes they can get him, but it all depends on what he's after. <laughs> Shit, man. Um, <laughs> These contracts. Um, <laughs> see, I, I, I think, I think Kenny is probably going to stay put. If I had to guess, I would think so. Yeah, I, I, I think right he now. still wants to do stuff with New Japan, and I think AEW offers him the ability to do that. Um, I think if anybody, it's in his contract, by the way, that no matter what relationship AEW has with New Japan, Kenny Omega can work New Japan. Yeah, I think if anybody that's out there that's going to be a free agent now is probably going to go to WWE, it's probably Jay White. And I think that Jay White fits there right now more than Kenny would. Um, and not to say that, you know, if you had the option to pick Jay White or Kenny Omega, of course you pick Kenny Omega. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I think right now Jay White fits there more than he would fit with AEW because I feel like AEW is safe for him. Um, if he still wants to do everything he's been doing for the past few years and do the switchblade stuff and and you know go into the feud that he's been building with other guys, um, AEW is the spot for him. But if he wants to do something different, and I sat and watched that guy on uh, Renee's podcast uh, a few months ago talk about how the thing that got him into wrestling was going to WrestleMania. I think he's going to WWE. That brother's going to WWE. I, yeah. I think that's where this is leading with him. Kenny, yeah. I, I think, like I said, it's just a matter of what it is that he actually wants. My my gut feeling is he's not going anywhere, but like I said, boy, the last few years of stuff changes everything because we didn't think Cody would ever leave at one yep. point. Mm -hmm. And we certainly didn't believe that uh, CM Punk would do a press conference that would then rub a bunch <laughs> of people the wrong way and have people, you know, questioning whether, you know, would have thunk it. I, I wouldn't have guessed any of that. So I don't know. Um, like I said, you know, change really quick. You know, it is interesting, though. One of the things that Kenny talked about, and I'm curious how this is going to um, be seen, is that he talked about a lot of fondness for that first year of AEW and uh, that. You know, th there was the the big criticism at the end of 2019 that there were maybe too many cooks in the kitchen, and that was when Tony Khan took the reins back. But Kenny kind of felt like not having that many cooks in the kitchen, he thought was bringing some great ideas from yep. various different places. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of still how things should be handled in a sense. I think you need one booker to kind of 
be like the buck stops with me because I think one of the issues was that a lot of stuff was looking the same. Like sometimes those guys did have the same ideas Mm -hmm. and being able to run them on the show. It's like, Hey, wasn't that the same ending to a match we saw like two matches ago? And so you do need that filter to be able to stop and go, uh, listen, don't, um, this is what's happening here. So you guys that's off limits here. Um, but at the same time, like he did speak with that with fondness. He was like, you know, we were, uh, we were kind of doing our thing, and and uh, so I, I don't I don't know what the future holds as far as that's concerned. I'm curious what WWE is going to offer him because I don't think he takes any deal that restricts him from working New Japan. But if New Japan is in a uh, in a relationship with AEW that prevents WWE talent from working with them, like uh, the people keep bringing up the Carl Anderson thing, that was a match he had in place before he signed that deal, um, and he's not yeah. going to get to go back now. That's not. Uh, they didn't promote him as WWE's Carl Anderson. This was, hey, Carl Anderson's still the never open weight champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, there's yeah. no deal Kenny takes that prevents him from working there. That's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, which, by the way, the other thing that I predicted, did you guys see that report that came out that uh, after that, AJ Styles was definitely in talks to walking him down the ring until mm-hmm. he got injured. So I was actually right about that. People that were trying to talk, call me crazy. Right. I was like, I could see it. But people were like, no, never happening. Uh, he was actually in talks to do it. It's just he was he ended up getting injured. And injured. that's what changed it. Um, I, but again, I, I don't see WWE playing ball like that with AEW with, uh, or New Japan. And so I, if he wants to still do New Japan stuff, I don't see him going anywhere. Right. Uh, but it's just a matter of what it is he wants to do. Um, I like don't I said, know that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Like I said, the, the, as far as who out there looks like they are more interested in just fitting into the WWE system and being here in America, I think that's Jay White. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as Kenny's concerned, and maybe I'll have egg on my face after the statement, but... Um, like, I feel like his heart's in Japan, but I think when I said his body doesn't seem like it, I think that's really the case. And I, I wonder if he doesn't see himself in New Japan on a permanent basis, but on a basis where he can work on occasion, I think mm-hmm. is yeah. probably what he wants to do. I think that um, when he talks about these trios matches, he's speaking with them with a whole lot of fondness because he's like, look, it's something different on the show. It's not like anything you've ever seen. They... The, it's it's a giant circus that the crowd is that, that drives them wild and like that seems to be something he's enjoying doing yeah i, I feel uh, like when you think about what the elite were in new japan as well um the thing that really caught on and got us into the elite was the six-man stuff that they were doing it was them coming out and doing goofy stuff like coming out dressed like uh, aladdin and, and princess jasmine and all this stuff in those big multi-man matches so I feel like this is what they envision doing in the in America, because it's mm-hmm. that's that's really the most fun it seems like he has wrestling sometimes, and so yeah. I never understood why people are like the trio stuff is a waste of time, because I do feel like it's something special about seeing those three guys wrestle together. Are you kidding me? I still pop when they come out to Wayward Son and do the. It's actually look, mm-hmm. I I honestly never cared for that song, but I do care for it as a wrestling entrance. I think it's great. I think yeah. That, so I I. Yeah, I just think yeah. them as a trio is fun to watch. I don't know why people are so down on the trio stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, because it's not something they're used to. Um, because right. it's never been done on American TV. Uh, and yeah, it's, I, but but also, I think history is going to be really kind to it. I think. 
Yeah, but also people that are like just split this trio up and and have Kenny wrestle singles matches. It's like, yeah, but I do think that there is an appeal to him wrestling as a trios wrestler as well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a waste of him at all. Um, yeah, but I don't know. We're gonna have to wait and see on this whole whole thing. I do think, uh, like I said, that Jericho tweet did uh, change a lot of what I was thinking <laughs> before because I'm just like, I don't know what to make of this, man. Um, it could be just a nothing thing and he just didn't really see it as her coming back. I mean, her, him coming back. Um, I don't know. I think ultimately it ends with CM Punk coming back. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah. All right. Either way, we got to... Punk will never wrestle here again. I'll yeah. make sure of it. Mm-hmm. All right, CJ. So <laughs> let's talk. So let, let's finish up the show with pretty much all the remaining um, Super Chats we got. Uh, Jake Salazar, back on the topic of the Super Bowl, said, what about that face mask on Jalen Hurts uh, fumble that wasn't called, Philip? <laughs> No, I mean, there were bad calls throughout the game. That's why I'm confused as to why people are like, this one bad call cost the Eagles the game. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. They gave, up, they gave up too many points in the second half. That's what cost them the game. Van Twinblade says, uh, Suede is going uh, to be a pretzel at Glory Pro next Sunday. Davey Richards is going to dismember the boy. Watch Glory Pro. Um, we got Ricardo says, no Garth slander, Reg. I wasn't slandering him. I was talking about it. I'm trying to get. What are you talking about? It sounds like Reg really wants to see Garth. What you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Because Van Twinblade says all the Garth slander. Wow, you guys. Remember, uh, my my shoot name is Reginald Gaines, and his uh, alter ego was Chris Gaines. So I'm always down with Garth Brooks. Never forget, you guys. (laughs) Doug wanted to ask Team Tony or Team Ariel. I'm not taking a side in that. Nah, nah. We're not doing that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Irene C says, I'd use the roster better, referring to how to, you know, things that would change about AEW. We mm-hmm. all know who AEW fans want on Dynamite more than others. Put Ricky, Hook, Swerve, Willow, etc. on the main show more. Yeah, where is Willow? We haven't seen Again, Willow in the big tag match. I know she's scheduled to be at the Ring of Honor tapings, though, so I think she's one of the names that they've probably mm-hmm. positioned as being a significant yeah. part of... Uh, ring of honor as that show gets going she will be on those tapings that's that's a fact um which is gonna be challenging for the title well yuka sakazaki is also going to be on those tapings and she Ah. is also i think being positioned for a title match with Mm -hmm. uh athena Mm -hmm. i'd like to see it so (laughs) all of that sounds great doesn't it Mm -hmm. honestly i think that you know willow talked about in our interview that she works with smaller talent best if anything, that's how I'd establish the contender is Willow Nightingale versus Yuka Sakazaki. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're starting to cook something. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as far as getting to um, the women's title match at... Because all the TV they're taping, um, for those who are about to probably read some spoilers next week, everything Ring of Honor's taping, they're going to tape four episodes of TV, and it's all going to lead into uh, four weeks after it starts airing the uh super card of honor they're going to take the entire lead up into it so you're going to know what that card's going to look like before <laughs> uh pretty much next week we're going to know what the card's going to look like so it should be interesting the glorious one 
says the problem is that talent is not going to work to get a spot to be integrated into those into the storylines uh, example have other trios matches move up in the ranking while they have got their eyes on the titles um, we can walk and chew gum at the same time uh, and that's again on the topic of things to improve AEW um, I agree with that. I, I I do agree that they do need to use the roster a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I, I cause that was one of the things I said uh, on Ask Rhapsody that I do feel like they've got to establish mid card guys. I think they have to make a clear cut distinction on what is the mid card. You know who are guys are up and coming that are going to challenge for the world title soon. And I don't right. feel like that's happening. Yeah. Irene C says also AEW needs more young main event heels. Take Roosh, Swerve, and Malachi and use them in solo feuds so Ricky can stop feuding with Jericho, for example. I think Jer- um, Ricky's gonna beat Jericho at the pay per view and then I think that's it. I, I think I think Swerve is coming for Jericho's spot as the, the second best heel in the company, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think Jericho only has it by default. Right. Yes. Zero Prime says, can we take a minute and talk about uh, what Kenny said about all the bull Joshi wrestlers deal with on a daily basis? And Riho part was sad to hear. We just talked about that, but I wanted mm-hmm. to acknowledge your super yeah. chat. I, I haven't watched the interview yet, but it sounds like I'm going to agree with most of what he said because <laughs> I've been feeling the same way online. I feel like people are very mean when it comes to Riho and some of the other Japanese women that come over. And these are very talented women. They they are unique and they they get over like... Maki Ito is a prime example of just getting over in a few uh, appearances. Uh, Yuka is another one where she got over really heavily with the fan base, and she's not on TV a lot. And so I think, you know, should, should appreciate the Joshi wrestlers when they come over. I think people that are weird about it um, are outside of the fan base. Right. Yep. Real Take Wrestling says, Blessings, y'all. I know it's not likely, but man, it'd be cool to see the first Muslim world champ in WWE history, no matter what the fan in me hyped. That would be cool. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with Ali, man. And I feel like Ali, Ali's the guy to do that with. Um, I, I just don't get why they're using him this way. Um, he's just too good for the way they're using him. He, and, and you can't say he's just one of those uh, flips guys. He can't talk. He's a great promo. I don't. I just don't get it. I don't get why they use him this way. Uh, Corey says, House of Black versus The Leap is hype for me because of the matches. I don't care about this spooky lore. Omega Buddy Mirror matchup. Um I mean, <laughs> I mean more. Have you guys seen Buddy? That guy's the Jesus Christ, man. He's <laughs> giant. Yes. Mm. Uh I want to see that match. I why I, I wonder why he wasn't at uh Rampage though. Like the the confrontation only had uh Brody and Malachi. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. Jake Salazar says Soraya and Bray have proved sometimes maybe Vince is right about certain people. You are you are zero and two today, Jake. Zero <laughs> and two with your takes, buddy. Leonard uh, Aaron says, uh, "How insane would it be tomorrow if we have Sammy and the Ace as the new champs atop WWE New Japan, respectively?" That'd be weird. Mm, go Ace. Uh, I don't know, but I definitely think uh, we're gonna have a boss with some gold around our waist. Huh? Mm-hmm. Shane Monster says, so you think if Eddie beats Jay tonight, that means that Jay is going to WWE? Can't imagine TK allowing Eddie to lose to a guy heading to WWE. Nah, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I don't think that matters. I think yeah. uh, I think Jay is losing, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at WWE. Yep. Our boy Mac from Brooklyn says, uh, kind of sad that I have to work tonight and miss the city of Montreal get their hearts broken for the first time since the Expos <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anurag says, after Revolution, I need Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club. Want that big time match feeling. Want Brian to go solo after that. Uh, is it true Brian turned down to be ROH champ? I don't know that. Um, I don't know I've, if he did. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard no. that. Um, I think Brian's winning at Revolution, though. I, I actually do. Uh, and I think that um, I, I wasn't sure before that Christopher Daniels promo. But I feel like he's going to need to be justified in all that stuff he said because the way he talked about Brian, Brian's existence laying the foundation for Ring of Honor, which laid the foundation for AEW, I think with Ring of Honor launching TV that same week, you almost justify everything by having Brian win, and I kind of mm-hmm. think he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not going to argue with uh, being in the building for his AEW <laughs> World Championship win. Sounds like a great time to me. <laughs> Sounds like a win to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm here for either. I don't know. I kind of feel like uh, MJF is going to win, but I don't know. Orion Ben 666 says, not sure I want uh, speculation. Hobbs as Cole's first foe back. Yeah, I've seen the speculation as well. I don't know. I, I don't either because I feel like Cole needs to win his first big uh, match back, and I wouldn't build up all of this stuff around the book of Hobbs and stuff just for Hobbs to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like Hobbs needs to come come back and get some big wins on TV, um, and I, I, I don't want to see him get fed to Cole. Right. Jake Salazar says, if you haven't seen it, Jonathan Majors is that effort. Yeah, I've, he- I've been hearing that about. Um, yeah, I I haven't seen Quantumanium yet. It's definitely it. getting polarizing uh, reviews so far. Uh, I haven't seen everybody. It. Everybody agrees that uh, Jonathan, Majors Jonathan Majors is far and away to start this movie. Yeah. I haven't seen any Ant-Man movie in theaters. I managed to watch them all at home, and I thought this was going to be the first. Probably not. I will just wait. Uh, I'm probably going just for John, Jonathan Majors, man. I'll just, just watch on, it on man. Disney Plus in a couple all months. Right. Come on, man. Um, I want to see Kang on the big screen stomping somebody out, man. Kang. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ravon F2 says, I'm old enough to remember Dustin's debut as the natural. He mm. still has the best power slam. Um, he does. Call him natural. I, 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 I remember as a kid, uh, I don't remember his debut, but I because it was, what, 88? I was born mm-hmm. in 87. Um, but I do remember as a kid, uh, knowing that he was the son of Dusty Rhodes and mm-hmm. and uh, knowing the difference between Dusty and Dustin and then him jumping over to WWE, becoming Gold Dust, all of that. Um, I do remember, but... Steph, the writer, says, I need him to give Jade credible challengers, um, then build her to the world title. She's saying the same thing, that she wants some credible challengers. I, I can't help but I wonder. I think she's ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a piece of me that wonders if she's working for... Um, a credible challenger to end up in front of her. Yeah. Uh, um, doesn't seem like she's got a match for revolution as of now. So I don't know. Corey David says, uh, it's called steam. You can get both Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. I, I mean, I recognize that I am a steam user, Look, that arcade cabinet back there actually has steam loaded on. I have steam on all of my computers, but what I meant is where your purchase is valid on steam, Xbox and PlayStation. Um, that would be great. That's all I'm saying here. Uh, Mike from Indeed says, Happy Saturday. Whether it's Chamber, Battle in the Valley, or one of the crazy indie shows on tonight, I hope everyone has a great night enjoying all this wrestling. Shout out to Mike. That's my homie. You guys watch Indeed. We're on uh, Fightful Overbook every Thursday after Ask Rhapsody. If Ask Rhapsody is that week. If not, then at the same time as Ask Rhapsody. So, yeah. 
Yes. Uh, let's see. Scrolling a bunch more because there's. I'm scrolling through all the Ariel Hawani stuff because um, we already talked <laughs> oh, about Ariel that. Uh, We're moving on. <laughs> let's see. We got the. Uh, who do you think will face Cole at Revolution? Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, the, a lot of people are focused on the chapter thing he mentioned, so that's why everybody's like, okay, it's got to be Hobbs, uh, which would be a good one. Um, I it would like be Hobbs because I think uh, Cole couldn't afford, I, I know he probably shouldn't, but he couldn't afford to lose on his, you know, coming back because he's been out, he's rusty, blah, blah, blah. They could tell a story with it. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Twitter is going to be horrible if he comes back and loses. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I mean, like, if we're doing a farewell tour, I think that uh, it would be right for, like somebody mentioned last week, and now the idea has been stuck in my head, for Jay White to close out that chapter because, Ooh. you know, Adam Cole's last match was with Jay White. That's where he got um, the concussion. and he had Jay White pinned him, I think. To kind of tie up that end, tie up all that Bullet Club stuff with Adam Cole, all of that, that would be the place I would do it. Uh, yeah, I think that match makes a lot of sense. And I think uh, that would make a lot of sense for him to come in and lose um, to Adam Cole. Because mm -hmm. Adam Cole never really got comeuppance for any of that stuff either. Yeah. Because Jay White technically betrayed him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like that would be like the, the last thing um, Jay White could probably come out and do and put over Adam Cole. Um, yeah. Harlequin93 says, how long are New Japan shows typically? This is my first event watching for Miss Monet, and I'm not trying to be up all night. You're not going to be up all night, but... No, uh, um, well, this isn't, I, this isn't like a technically a New Japan event. The New Japan mm -hmm. Strong shows are usually shorter than your average New Japan pay-per-view, so it's right. not going to be that long. It's not going to be a six-hour New Japan yeah, show. Yeah, you, you got eight main card matches. Um, yeah, so it'll, it'll probably run from like seven to ten, I think. Yeah, about three hours. It's typical yeah. pay per view time. Uh, Mr. CJ Lilly says Bray versus Bobby or Brock means no Alexa for the second year. If that's so, I'm done with WrestleMania this year, especially if this is her last year. I know Mr. CJ Lilly is very uh, attached to Alexa Bliss, and but it sounds also like Alexa is taking some mm -hmm. time off. Like it's on her. She yeah, yeah that is which is silly because there's no pay off to any of that stuff with uncle howdy or anything that they were doing yeah that is a shame that it doesn't seem like they have like definitive plans for alexa and it is weird like where alexa was a few years ago that they haven't really capitalized on any of that um i don't know i don't know what to make of that right Malcolm Brown says, you need to diversify your bonds, Maki. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Mr. CJ Lilly says, let the Bray chaos uh, begin, Reg. <laughs> and Miss CJ Lilly also says, when will Alexa Bliss and Bailey get their WrestleMania moments? As they always seem to miss slash have bad WrestleMania spots, either um, loses slash other things. Um, Bailey got to get the win in that four-way at WrestleMania 33. Um, and Charlotte. Yeah, pin Charlotte. Not, not a lot of people get to pin Charlotte at WrestleMania, man. Right. She that shouldn't have won. She shouldn't have won the title that soon, though. That was the issue I had. That I think they just should have held off till WrestleMania and given her the win that night. That build was very weird. Very weird. That was a very strange build. Um, and then they went on to shit the bed with Bailey after yeah. that. Um. I Church Pastor <laughs> says, "Hey brothers, hope all is well. Any speculation on Tony's big announcement? I, I wish I knew." Yeah. 
I don't know. Like I said, I guess if I if I had to guess, I think it's the UK stuff. He they called it an important announcement, which I thought was interesting wording because usually they'll say a huge announcement or mm-hmm. um, major announcement, but this time they said an important announcement, mm-hmm. and they put the word important on the screen, and I thought that's interesting. DNC says I feel on an island enjoying AEW after Brawl Out more than the first half of 2022, but get what I but get what I like from Dynamite every week, so maybe I have bad taste. Yeah, I, I look I agree I think Dynamite has been fine since Brawl Out I think it it stumbled a little bit at one point but I thought uh I thought Mox took the baton and he brought the company back from a bad situation um and I thought Dynamite has been fine like I said last week's Dynamite was the, the first time in a very long time that I just didn't enjoy it mm-hmm. yeah no honestly I think that um there's a couple of distinctions that need to be made. I don't think Dynamite last year at all was bad per se. I don't think that, I think, again, from a week to week perspective, from a perspective of getting me interested in whatever was happening the following week, I don't think they had that. But I think Dynamite, has its strength has always been that the individual show on its own is good. Um, and it was really just this past week where I felt like, oh, that didn't hit at all. Um, that was a bottom of the barrel dynamite, but, uh, I mean, now if you're allowed to enjoy it, like at the end of the day, I still think it's the most exciting wrestling product on TV. Right. Um, let's see. Albert Pont says with the recent Coda comment, can you see triple H bringing in and allowing him to train talent since his style is different from the way the fed th- does things. Um, and so referring to the fact that Coda said he would sign with WWE if he were allowed to also train, um, also, Kenny Omega leverage. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hey, we got your friend over here. <laughs> Don't you like him? <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. S- yeah, yeah I so I, I don't see it. I think I don't think they are interested in allowing uh, Coda to train the way he wants. I don't think so either. Do yeah, <laughs> definitely nah, not. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> I mean, one of his matches would be like, hell no. Nah. In a perfect world, they could, and I mean, I think that's the best way to bring back the cruiserweight title if they want it. Yeah, um, but I don't think they will, though. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Mr. CJ Lilly asks, "Who gets more unjustified hate, Alexa or Soraya?" I mean, I guess define unjustified. Define. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say when you talk about what's actually on television i'm gonna say alexa because i think some people trashed alexa for just um taking on the brave stuff when she was just given the directive to keep doing the brave stuff that wasn't that wasn't her fault like it wasn't really her fault that that stuff ended up not being good she just tried to make the best out of the situation i agree uh let's see we got jared says jade and hater need to switch belts uh, jade is the true star of the women's division jamie can turn the tbs title into a worker's belt um i don't want to discount jamie's star power right now though because i feel yeah, like she's really connected jamie, with fans. jamie is over. really over right now mm-hmm. i don't know if i would say that she's more over than jade but i do think it's it's coming to a point where jade needs to move up to the world title picture soon yeah Jacob says, starting late, thank you guys for consistently providing great content and takes. Y'all always start my Saturdays right. Thanks, Jacob. 
appreciate that. Thank you, Van. Because, like, honestly, I wasn't sure Saturdays was going to work. But, I know. Uh, I kept being like, we need to change this. I remember thinking when we started this podcast, like, we're going to have to change this fucking day, dude. But no, it totally works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coy Stalling says, well, what did y'all think about Kingston's press conference? It sold me uh, the strong pay-per-view. So good. Eddie is my favorite wrestler. Need to see more from him. If if anything, it made me feel like AEW is underutilizing him at the minute. Because I think agreed. I think he was tremendous in that, and I think compared to what he's been doing for AEW, this was night and day. Mr. CJ Lilly uh, says, "I hope that Alexa Bliss does what Edge did to Kofi to Natalia, <laughs> um, Carmella get in the match, and we get another star in there. Now the Bray story seems delayed." Uh, Probably yeah, not. Nah, that's definitely yeah. not happening. Mm-hmm. I will say I've enjoyed Carmella a lot since she's been back. I think, I, I think the the commentary stuff this this week was funny until Her they decided it was pretty funny. Until they decided, hey, put everybody that's been in the match out there. Hey, throw yeah. everybody out there. Like, no, they didn't need to do that. But Carmella out there by herself um, on commentary was actually really funny. Mm-hmm. G Bro says Jay White can hang on the mic. Kenny can't. The I do Van think Twin he's a Blades. better talker than Kenny though. But I don't know if I would say he can't hang on the mic. Mm-hmm. The fan twin blade says the Fed will kill Kenny. They'll book him to hell. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a different booking style. I don't know what uh, what uh, they have planned for him. I don't think they should bring him in just to spite the business, though, to be like, right. hey, we got him now, too. I do think bring him in if you've got a plan. If you don't have a plan, I, I agree. Bring him. I think mm-hmm. if, if you've got a plan to make him world champion and have the big dream matches, then go for it. But if it's just to bring him in just for the sake of, I'm not really interested in that. Yeah, yeah. Nah. Mad Chocolate Gaming says, going to battle in the Valley and can't wait. As a huge Kenta fan uh, since way back, is it okay to scream like he's MJ with my wife sitting next to me? <laughs> yeah, Kenta walked right by there. me in the uh, lobby too, and I definitely was a little marked. But I was like, Kenta, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I like yeah. it. It was great. I love Kenta. And Van- I-, I want him to get his match, mm-hmm. by the way. He's been campaigning for this punk match, and I want him to get it. <laughs> Um, Van Twinblade says Muslim champ equals Sammy, by the way. Oh, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's right. true. But yeah. yeah, I and I think I think that you can build Sammy up after this mm-hmm. loss. I think people that are mm-hmm. like, this is it. He'll never get a chance again. I think if he stays as hot, you can build him back up and make him champion someday. Definitely. Marcus says, do we get Danielson at the G1? Tony just said no. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Anurag says, backup hangman said that about Brian turning down being champ. Okay. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, I think was he being facetious though? Was or was he just trying to promote the match and say if if Brian wins the title, he's gonna he's never gonna be in a G one. Could be. Um, no, he was just saying that you know Brian. He said it would be hard to get to commit him to. I mean, maybe he's just trying to promote the match, but I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We got a couple more. Um, let's see. Board dude says. Uh. Solid week for the Chiefs Kingdom. Got a Super Bowl, and <laughs> Paul Rudd put out an awesome movie. Um, stoked for the Chamber tonight. Finally going to see AEW live on Wednesday. Uh, Got to drive seven hours, but they never uh, repaid the New Mexico show, so oh well. Stay easy, dudes. Um, yeah, again, shout yeah, out to Patty Mahomes. Uh, honestly, I think uh, that Arizona show, uh, Phoenix, the attendance is looking really good. Um, and... I think it's going to be a hot crowd, like really hot. And crowd. I, I drove uh, about six hours total to get to the Kia Forum in LA. So driving for a long yeah. time to watch AW Dynamite, it's not that bad. 
Shot Kid yeah. says, <laughs> my concern with WWE sales stuff aside is what do they have to fill that spot after the Bloodline story ends? I feel like once it's over, it's really going to expose a lot of the problems with uh, the booking across the rest of the card. Uh, like when Roman I... goes on vacation, then what's going to happen? Cody's on vacation now. most of the time now. Um, <laughs> He's on now. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't think that I don't think the Bloodline story stuff is over after Roman loses. I think you still got storyline stuff you can do. So um, I don't I. I do agree in theory that it's going to expose the lack of uh, of a world card pit, world title picture on both shows, uh, but I do think they still got bloodline stuff that they can go back to. They're going to still have a bunch of stuff to wrap up. They're still going to try to book this rock match, even though he doesn't want it at all. But they're still going <laughs> to like. I don't you think could. that I don't think when Roman loses that the USO thing is going to be wrapped up the same night. Like they're yeah, still going to have to tell a bunch. You still of got you still got storylines. Hey, um, I think of the NXT call-ups. I think they've done the best job with Solo Sokoa than right. anybody in a long time, and I think you've got a you've got a mid card title run. Did he really even like? Did you turn to Robert De Niro? Because <laughs> no, I'm like, <laughs> I feel like that's cheating because like he was in NXT for like a cup of coffee, and yeah. then it was. I feel like he was brought into the company in general to be a main roster guy, and it was like, and eh, let's just work any kinks out real quick in like a month yeah, in NXT. I and mean, then... he he still was in NXT two. He's out there. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. I mean, if if you if you watched NXT two point regularly, a lot of people were talking about how much they liked Solo Sokoa. So I would count him as an NXT guy. Yeah, I just feel like he was brought in to be a member of the Bloodline. The bloodline. It was like, mm-hmm. like, all right, let's just work some kinks I, out, and then I, I think he it's because he got caught up faster than people expected. But I, yeah. I, he's still an NXT guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Shot Kid, this is the final one says, if Seth wins the U.S. title in the Elimination Chamber, only to lose it at Mania to Logan Paul, I will be out on <laughs> WWE again. I don't think you have to worry about that. But I don't also, think it's happening. You never know. I don't know. I don't think it's happening. Isn't that crazy? Listen, yeah. Seth has been telling y'all every chance he get a chance. I don't care about this title. Yeah. I want to be in a world title picture. Yeah. <laughs> He's not winning that though. Mm-hmm. I don't think. And, anyway, folks. This has been City. Thank you for being with us on your Saturday. I hope you really do get to enjoy some great wrestling today. I'm going to go. You know, it's nice outside. I'm going to go ride my bike. Um, I, I, I saved you guys the rant, by the way, talking about Patty Mahomes and seeing the success he has. I will never forgive the Chicago Bears for not drafting this man and drafting Mitchell Trubisky. The worst draft pick ever, in my opinion. <laughs> Folks, enjoy everything. Also, enjoy some all-star basketball, if, if, if that's your thing. Uh, but otherwise, folks, that is it for this edition of City. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, if you're sitting there on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up. But for Philip Lindsay and for Righteous Reg, I'm Will Washington. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.